0: It's time, finally, a show for you. A -a once-a-week
1: extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones.
2: Hello world and welcome to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. It is our first show of twenty twenty four. Spencer Stoner is here. I am Rob Nalt is here. Hello, hello, hello. He's behind a big board and prepared to take your calls and I your not so humble host of all things pop culture kaboom, Jimmy Jones. Well I'm here to run my mouth. Like I do every Sunday night. And tonight we will give you everything you want, everything you need from Pop Culture Entertainment with the latest news and information from the past week and some sneak peeks at releases coming out for next week. The Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show is also your place on the radio dial for you to talk about your favorite fandoms. Um, well, regardless of what those are, as long as they fit into the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment. So, uh, Godzilla seems to be the topic on everybody's mind as of late because of the, uh, Toho movie,
3: which was awesome.
2: It was. So if you have any Godzilla questions, uh, feel free. Godzilla, Godzilla, <laughs> <laughs> everybody's a fan of that Godzilla. And tonight we'll be joined by Quizmaster Scott for a Sporkles pub quiz with Scott. Uh, For our weekly Sporkle Pub quiz question, we'll be joined by Samuel from Galaxy Theaters in Carson City to find out what is currently playing, what will be leaving the theaters, and what will be opening this week. We'll also be joined by Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews, to go over this coming week's movies. And we'll be talking with Emmy Award-winning broadcaster, author, and filmmaker Bill Brown. We'll be talking with Bill Brown about his supernatural thrillers, including his latest After the End, his company Lobos Coast Media, and its current and upcoming film projects to add your thoughts comments talk about your favorite fandoms or speak with our guests you can call 775-515-4141 or if you're too shy for the phones you can send a direct message through the facebook page and if you don't have time to comment during the show but would still like to comment you can reach us 24 7 by sending an email with your questions comments or concerns Uh, send your emails to popculturegaboom at gmail.com And follow these simple but very important instructions. Actually, I got asked about this uh, on Saturday. Really? (laughs) Yes, about uh, sending emails. Hi, Eric in Whittier, California. Happy New Year! That that got him to stop typing. Uh, anyway, so, simple
3: simple directions for emails.
2: And in the body of the email, please add your first name. No last name is necessary. And I will not read email addresses on the air, so you have to put a name. Also, include the city and state, or the city and country that you live in. Then fire away with what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email. If you have something, some a specific question for Spencer or Rob. I will forward the email to them to respond back to you. Bear in mind, emails are read on the air unless you specify for it not to be or you can't follow those simple instructions. Yeah, that was an interesting conversation because I couldn't remember what to put in a header again. I'm like, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, Cliff from Bridge City, Texas. Uh, there's only one movie we're seeing in 2024, and it's definitely going to be Deadpool 3. Can't wait. Okay, thank you for sharing,
3: Cliff. Awesome. Oh, well, yeah. Well, hopefully you'll get a surprise gem in there, but... But Deadpool Three is definitely a a one to look forward well, no, to. No, he's the
2: only that's the only movie we're seeing. Period. Wow. According yeah. to Cliff. Dune is coming out. I know.
4: <laughs> but still, it's Deadpool Three.
2: It's the only movie. We know where his, we know where his loyalty lies. Deadpool three. <laughs> Yeah, rather specific. Very. Uh, Oliver in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Is there a list of how many remake movies are coming out in 2024? If so, I'd like to see it. Me too. I just know (laughs) that there's a lot of rumored uh, remakes going on, like Night of the Comet.
4: Uh, Highlander. Yeah. uh, I just heard uh, Enemy Mine. (laughs) (laughs) last
2: Starfighter (laughs) is being remade, too. It's like... Mm Uh, Happy New Year, guys. Hope your New Year's was a good one. Well, it is so far. It is. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, I was able to to get down
3: here, even due to the bad weather.
2: Yeah. oh, I I don't know about that. I woke up to five five degrees this morning. I was like, what?
4: (laughs) Five (laughs) degrees? You had five? Oh, I took my daughter to work when it was negative four. (laughs) Good God. Ugh.
2: Four films. uh, There's four films that he knows of that are coming out that are remakes this year. At least, yeah. Uh, Mandy from San Mateo, California. I've heard you talk about this numerous times on the show, and I just got done reading an article about Todd McFarlane saying that 2024 will be the do-or-die year for Hollywood and the Spawn film. Uh, Do you think it'll happen, and why hasn't he just done it himself by now? I have no idea. (laughs) I I really don't. I I wish I was in uh, Todd McFarlane's camp. Uh, to find out why he just doesn't do it, but he hasn't. Um, and I don't know why he's relying on Hollywood. Probably because the actors that he wants to have involved are all sagged, a, are all yeah, sag and stuff. Yeah. So it has to be some kind of film studio involvement, or else uh, they wouldn't. He wouldn't be able to have them. Oh well,
3: yeah, because did, didn't he say that Jamie Fox was going to be Spawn, and then Sam mm-hmm. and Twitch were going to be two big, really big parts? And mm-hmm.
2: yeah, that's the whole premise but yeah. uh if Jamie Fox can be on there in there without any kind of like Warner's Warner brothers you know so yeah and that, that back might in the be day, it he that might used to yeah. be wasn't that the thing rob but like, that uh, back in the day actors were contracted to a yes, specific we studio yeah. Yeah. yes uh,
4: you were you were you could be loaned out you know to another studio but but you were signed for to a Yeah, you signed studio. a contract with MGM, or you signed a contract with Paramount, and you did movies strictly for them. Wow.
3: And they still do that to a certain degree, but not, like, for a full
4: career. They so do. like,
3: just for, like, a number of movies.
4: They and do. Stuff like or that. TV commercials or appearances. Yeah. It just depends on, like, what you're doing, what your capacity is, and what they expect. Yeah. And a lot of that is not paid for, too, either. Like, appearances and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. they expect certain appearances, and it's not like, you don't get paid to show up. You have already were paid for the movie. Oh you know? well, yeah, well, Dang. hard to, That's yeah. messed
2: up. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so do you think it'll happen? Why hasn't he just done it himself by now? Why is he threatening Hollywood to have outside investors instead of just doing the movie?
3: Well, the, there is a rich guy mentality. I'm not saying Todd McFarlane has it. But hey, there is a rich guy m- mentality of you never spend your own money.
2: Uh, yeah, that could be, well, he's got that toy company he's running (laughs) Mm. as well as the uh, comic books that he's doing as well. But, Mm. you know, so who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe we'll see it. Maybe we won't. Um, I, I think you, I think I saw a couple of different things out there. I got your email. I did look it up and yeah, he did say that uh, he was looking to get, um, investors involved, I guess. Well,
3: you know, (laughs) uh, the more money you have, I mean, you know, like, uh, like Marvel movies are, you know, over $100 million to produce. And if he wants to do something along those lines, I don't even think he has that deep of
2: a pocket. Well, $100 million, though, that's Godzilla kind of blew that whole thought process oh, out agree. of the water. Um, you know, because that was a $15 million movie and it's done pretty well for itself. Uh, yeah, and it's not always Indeed about money because... Um, uh, if so, Clay Barker had actual issues with his films being done with, by a studio, and they were, like, done crappily. Oh, yeah. He, so, hated,
3: he hated pretty much all of them. So,
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Cole from Minola, Florida. Mm-hmm. Mignola? M-I-N-L-E-O-L-A? Minola Yep. Minola, yep. Florida. I am doing an X-Men fan film and was wondering if you, how you help promote fan films. Depends. Um, fan films are kind of a touchy subject because I don't want to be involved in your lawsuit. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's something that's going to yeah. get you sued, uh,
4: that, you know. Yeah. It yeah. depends and, on the route that they're going. Cause there's yeah. a lot that are, um, like on the, I want like the, on the internet and all that. Yeah, I know. Right. But a lot of them are also at festivals. You know yeah, I mean? and, and, and it Festival. So, it's and a like... lot of the different companies
3: have different guidelines. Like mm-hmm. Paramount has very specific guidelines to follow if you want to do, like, say, a Star Trek fan film.
2: Mm-hmm. I haven't so. seen any Star Trek fan films. Oh,
3: I, 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 I have. I've, there have been some great ones. They're out there.
2: Yeah. Okay. just
3: like the Star
4: Trek one yeah, I know Star there's a Trek, billion Star, Wars. Star Wars. Wars ones oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah oh, man. And,
3: and, and there have been some pretty decent Star Wars ones some really crappy ones too yeah but.
4: <laughs> well that goes for any of them though well, yeah know. but
3: there are yeah. some really surprising, surprisingly good Star Wars ones there is
4: and, and if you think about it like fan fiction leads to other things The whole mm-hmm. Fifty Shades of Grey was a whole fan fiction novel yeah you know, yeah, and some then of the first stuff this I wrote whole yeah. phenomenon. Yeah, yeah so you know. some of
5: the
3: first stuff I wrote before my first no, novels were fa- was fan fiction.
4: There you go. Yeah,
2: and uh, let me see what uh, Cobra Kai started. I mm-hmm. guess I, I don't know what that started out as a YouTube show, but I don't know if that was like a fan thing or not. But anyway. Um, well, Eric's movie is being paid for by him. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Eric. Yeah. yeah. More Disney, power to you, man. Disney creative gave control, him all yours. There. Well, kind of. Disney gave him license, I guess, but...
3: Well, yeah, but uh, they're going to have strict guidelines. guidelines. The good yeah. mouse
2: giveth, the good mouse taketh away. away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if
4: you don't follow the guidelines correctly. And... Yeah,
2: so make sure you're following those
4: guidelines there, Eric.
2: All right, so uh, upcoming stuff. You can join me for a brand-new Facebook Live presentation. Uh, Dreamwell Comic Shop Chatter with Robert and Jimmy, Thursday, January 25th at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Robert, who is the co-owner and manager over there at Dreamwell Comics, and I will be talking Dreamwell Comics, the comic book industry, what's hot, what's not, current speculation, and your comments. Right now, Dreamwell Dreamwell Comics is a comment box for you to submit a question or comment. During the January 25th shop chatter with Robert and Jimmy, we will randomly select up to five submitted comments or questions and read them live. Then from those five, by the end of the show, one... Because there can be only one, will be selected to receive a gift certificate from Dreamwell Comics. Uh, so give Dreamwell Comics a like in our own and or a follow on Facebook. Put your comic, put your comic book, comic book industry or comic book shop question or comment in the comment box at Dreamwell Comics and enjoy some fun with Robert and I for Dreamwell Comics shop chatter with Robert and Jimmy Thursday, January twenty fifth at eight p.m. Pacific time. 11 p.m. Eastern Time as a Facebook Live presentation. Um, well, breaking canon one thing. I guess uh, that's their only requirement is that you don't break canon. But what is canon nowadays with... Star Wars. Uh, I think Kathleen Kennedy changed it to anything it's, that's only been on film.
4: Well, it's hard because they're bringing a lot of stuff that was not canon back into canon. So yeah, yeah. Because when they when they ended
3: the uh, extended universe, mm-hmm. you know, they they've reintroduced Thrawn since yep. then. Uh, yeah, yep. and the whole there's rumors sort of Mara of Jade coming back. Yeah. There, there have, there?
4: but I don't I don't see it actually happening. Me I just neither. don't.
2: Uh, there are now only 244 days until Carson City, Nevada's first ever pop culture and comic book convention, KaboomCon. 97 and Now Productions will be putting on KaboomCon Saturday, September 7th 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Follow KaboomCon on Facebook to keep up with details on all the vendors. Sign up for the art contest and the cosplay contest. Keep up on all of the activity announcements and panels that will be taking place throughout the day and special guest announcements from KaboomCon 2024. A limited number of pre-sale tickets are on sale now uh, through Eventbrite.com and you can go to the KaboomCon facebook page and click on the link and buy yourself some tickets now while they're still on sale before they're gone get them while they're hot yep and a portion of the proceeds from kaboom Con will go to cold nose rescue and sanctuary in mount house and to fund knbc 95.1 fm community radio as well so yeah there's Woo-hoo. some worthy stuff. causes yeah a couple of them anyway So, let's get to the uh, big story for the week, and that is one John Williams. Everybody knows who he is, right? John Williams. Um, Basically, you can play any kind of song from a movie, and you would be able to tell if it's John Williams. The the, the theme
4: track to our lives, if you were
2: (laughs) alive in the 80s. Well, 70s through the 80s. 80s, And and And
3: the 90s. And if you just had to pick one thing, you could just go with two notes, and most people would get it.
2: John Williams is one of the most prolific film composers in the history of... Of cinema Throughout his career, Williams has been nominated for 52 Academy Awards and won five for Fiddler on the Roof, Jaws, Star Wars, E.T., and Schindler's List. He's also known for creating the scores for Superman, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, and more. Yeah. This year, Williams returned to the Indiana Jones franchise to create the score for Indiana Jones and a Dial of Destiny, and he previously hinted that the movie could be his last. However, Williams did say earlier this year that he was planning on to stick around for a while, in a recent interview with the Sunday Times, the 91-year-old confirmed he is willing to compose, uh, to compose again, not decompose. Uh, if 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 it's the right project, if a film came along that uh, that I was greatly interested in with a schedule that I could cope with, then I wouldn't want to rule anything out. Every, anything, everything is possible. All is before us. Only our limitations are holding us back. Or, to put it more simply, I like to keep an open mind. Williams explained uh, during the interview, Williams also talked about how the attitude towards film composing has changed throughout his career 30 or 40 years ago when I would take a program, uh, spelled all weird, of uh, film music to one of our big orchestras. There might be condens- hmm I understand it. I understand the value of... Condescending? con Yeah, condescension, I think. Mm -hmm. I understand it. I understand the value of things made in the commercial world and their place in the art world. But now things are different. I'd love to come back in 50 years' time and see what cinema is is contributing to the development of new music because I think young composers will want to work across both. At the beginning of the year, Williams was joined by longtime collaborator Steven Spielberg at the Writers Guild of America Theatre in Beverly Hills for an event dedicated to their latest film, The Fablemans. Uh, During the event, Williams talks about his future. Stephen is a lot of things. Williams explained to music journalist John Burlingame when asked about retiring by the via The Hollywood Reporter, he's a director who's a producer, he's a studio head, he's a writer, he's a philanthropist, he's an educator. One thing he isn't is a man you can say no to. Yeah, oh. you can. He's not the godfather. You didn't add that in your little uh, thing there. Anyway, uh, this caused a huge reaction from the audience before Williams explained that he knew Spielberg's late father, Arnold, who worked at Spielberg's Sloho... solo Sowa? so. S H O A H. Soha? Soha? Foundation. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the help, guys. I, you and that one, got, I got nothing. Sorry. Until he was 100. Wow. Uh, so I've uh, got 10 more years to go. No, you got eight, nine. I'll stick around <laughs> for a while. He added also, you can't retire from music. It's like breathing, it's your life. It's my life. A day without music is a mistake. Hey, I think Kiss can say that. Our, um, Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> can say that. Uh, well, just about everybody in the music industry, practically. Uh, Spielberg seemed surprised by Williams' announcement and added, I'd better get the work f- to find out what the hell i am doing next. So, <laughs> So, yeah. Well, well, so he's not retiring, folks. Well, yeah, the, well, he's
3: been... Well, not, not necessarily. Yeah, he's been kind of hinting at that for a long time, but I mean, yeah. like uh yeah you know he came back for uh the force awakens just because he goes wait a minute there's a, there's a character and somebody's going to make a new fe- a new uh theme for ray oh i better get i better get on that mm-hmm. yeah i can't let somebody else do it well i
2: don't think <laughs> he's going to be doing that Yeah, uh, so yeah that's true eric once a musician always amuse him always one yep mm-hmm. I can attest to that one. Uh, so in 2012, Marvel Comics switched to the self-cover paper format for their comic books. Traditionally, the paper quality of the cover of a comic was a, of a higher, glossier nature than the, than the newsprint in size. But then suddenly, it wasn't. Marvel Comics countered this by increasing the thickness of their regular print paper. Ooh. But not by much, and not for long. Thirteen and a half years later, it appears that DC Comics has joined them with a series of self-covers or thinner, glossy paper across their regular monthly comic books. It cannot be be ignored that paper printing and shipping costs have risen significantly Mm -hmm. and haven't shown signs of falling. Thinner, lighter paper Mm -hmm. costs less to buy and less to ship. However, it doesn't feel as good in the Mm -hmm. hand. It uh, doesn't feel, it doesn't have, it doesn't have the heft. Have the
3: heft. Half the heft. Have the heft.
2: Uh, and people notice. However, mm-hmm. it appears that a number of DC Comics titles, including Batman number 141, are including the regular cover underneath the variant covers. And they are using the extra cover to sell more covers.
3: That's a lot of oh, use sorry. of the what? word what? covers. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, that's just dumb. What a way to... Uh, anyway uh yeah they're using extra covers to sell extra covers
3: yeah that's that's a redundancy a.
4: yeah but they're still using the flimsy paper
2: yeah yeah i know what? i roll moment what i mean make sure you just <laughs> Throw your hands up and go. What? Uh, Uh, You
4: you better not even open it because, like, as soon as you do, it's all crinkled. (laughs) I mean, there goes your like nine rating. Even like, oh yeah, no more nine point eight for you. (laughs) No more eights. (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah. Uh, So that is the DC Comics babe. Wait, Batman number one forty one and Superman seventy eight number three are out now at your local comic book shop. If you want to check out this double cover nonsense. So, earlier this week, Bleeding Cool took a look at when DC Comics realized that Warner Brothers owned lots of intellectual property and they could turn into comic books, even though they didn't do a lot of it, but we got Mad Max, Hanna-Barbera, Lost Boys, and Django Unchained comic books out of it. Just no Dirty Harry, Goonies, or Mortal Kombat. But they did discover that as part of the journey, DC Comics decided that they owned Marvel's Machine Man character, all because he became be, he began as X-51, a character in the Jack Kirby adaptation and continuation of the Stanley Kubiak movie, 2001, Cooper. A Space Odyssey, published by Marvel in the 70s. So for this published by Marvel. Okay. Did you catch all that? Yes. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll continue this later. And I'll just restart it. But we're going to take our first break of the year, <laughs> and we'll <laughs> be back with more Pop Gold Jigga Boom radio show. And Quizmaster Scott will be joining us right after this break, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And joining us right now, it is time for Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott. And Pub, I'm sorry, Quiz Master Scott, how are you, sir?
6: <laughs> I'm doing very and, good.
2: Happy, and happy New Year to you. And happy and New Year and to you. There? All right. So, if you want to participate in the Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott, first off, anyone can participate. Uh, there's no age limit. Uh, Quizmaster Scott will be will uh, be uh, will ask you a multiple choice question and provide you a list of possible answers. All you have to do is call in seven seven five five one five four one four one. Um no, I guess uh, you lost your sheet of paper yeah, there, huh? Okay.
4: Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah we're good.
2: Hey, you right. got one, but where's uh, where's his? I don't know. Rob handed me this one.
4: Uh-huh. <laughs> I had it right. I don't know. It's okay.
2: it's good. All right. It's, good. it's all good. Sorry about that, Scott. Uh if, right. so call in uh seven seven five five one five four one four one with the correct answer and you win, guess the wrong answer and we hang up on you, but quickly call back in and guess again before someone else beats you to it. Uh every wrong answer will be taken off the board. So out of the five it could be reduced to one <laughs> and uh then whoever calls in and gets that one uh, wins. Um, So you have until uh, someone either wins or guesses the right answer or the show ends, you can't win unless you call and you can't call unless you are listening because then you won't know what the question is. So, what you can you win tonight? Tonight, you can win a gift certificate courtesy of Dreamworld Comics in Carson City, a pair of movie passes courtesy of Galaxy Theaters in Carson City, and even if these are something you don't want, gift certificates or movie passes make a great gift for your pop culture compadres in your lives. Just something to keep in mind. And, Scott, what is the question this week? To start tonight, off the,
6: the year. The question is, uh, who was the very first boxer Rocky Balboa beat? In the film series Rocky. Is it A. Glass Joe? B Clubber Lang. C Dragon Chan. D. Apollo Creed. Or E. Spider Rico?
2: Okay, so who was the first boxer? Rocky Balboa beats in the film series Rocky. And um, answer your the multiple choice answers are A. Glass Joe. Uh, B. Clubber Lang. Um, I think I know that one character. I He was in a Rocky movie, right? Clubber Lang? Wasn't, yeah. Wasn't that yes. Mr. T or something?
5: Well, <laughs> yeah. uh,
3: You probably shouldn't start handing out hints yeah. yet, Jim. I'm not handing out hints. <laughs> I'm just trying to get.
2: Uh, C. Dragon Chan, I've never heard of. Uh, D. Apollo Creed is the only other person that I've actually heard of on this list because I have honestly never watched a Rocky movie. It's are you not while. American, sir? I am, but no, I've never watched <laughs> a Rocky movie. It's
4: been a while, so I don't remember. Okay.
2: Um, and so Spider Rico sounds like a comic book character. Um, but uh, those are your choices A Glass Joe, uh, B Clubber Lang, D, C Dragon Chan, D Apollo Creed, or E Spider Rico. If you have your answer, feel free to call in and you can win a prize 775 515 4141. Let me check your um, and you got uh, uh, you got it right uh, to start off the year. Uh, you got it wrong to start off the year. <laughs> <laughs> so Spencer uh, is a one and zero for. Oh, I'm gonna write this down so we can keep track of this. Uh, one yes. for Spencer and uh, zero for Rob. Not that you guys are gonna win a prize or anything, but it's just
3: just bragging rights, I guess. Well, even if no, I'm not bragging, but you know. Well, yeah, you are. Well, well, for one and zero, no, not yet.
2: <laughs> all right, so um, any updates on uh, when and where you will be doing your Sporkle Pub Quiz uh, in the coming year, sir? Uh,
6: not yet. Hopefully, uh venue will open up. Um, uh, so I just got to wait to see who wants to uh, host the show, and we'll get going. But, you know, whenever that will happen, it will happen.
2: Uh, all right, until then, uh, hopefully you'll okay. be uh, continuing to come on the show.
5: Yeah. yeah.
2: All right, sir. Oh, well, thank you very much. And you have a good evening.
5: You too.
2: Okay, Eric's going to respond now. I can tell. <laughs> He's got the little dots of a- waving. The little dots of
3: waving, yeah. The
2: little dots of waving. All right, so, oops, I shouldn't have closed that out. Oh, well, I'll pull it back up later. Um, that would be wrong, Eric. But thank you for participating. So uh, where we <laughs> left off was uh, DC Comics realized that Warner Brothers Warner Brothers owned lots of intellectual property, and they could turn it into, that they could turn into pro- comic books. E- and even they, yeah. though they didn't do a lot, but we have got Mad Max, Hanna Barbera, Lost Boys, and Django Unchained comic books out of it. Uh, no Dirty Harry, Goonies, or Mortal Kombat, but they did discover that as part of the journey, DC Comics. ...decided that they owned Marvel's Machine Man character, all because he began as X-51, a character in the Jack Kirby adaptation and continuation of the Stanley Kubrick movie, 2001 A Space Odyssey, published by Marvel in the 70s. And because Warner Brothers owns that movie, they also own the comic book and the continuing series. Bleeding Cool also understand that DC Comics has now informed Marvel that they believe that they own Machine Man. And future publication may entail some elaborate maneuvers in the copyright indicator on Marvel's part in order to comply with various copyright and trademark requirements. <laughs> Oy vey. Yeah. What a
3: headache.
2: Oh, Yeah. And also, DC Comics might just reprint the 2001 adaptation by Jack Kirby as they feel so minded. Jack Kirby Jack Kirby wrote and penciled both the adaptation of 2001: A Space Odyssey, and the ten issue series which followed in 1976. And the project was part of the agreement of Kirby's return to Marvel after working for DC Comics in the Fourth World titles. Mm-hmm. Kirby incorporated additional dialogue to the adaptation from the Arthur C. Clarke novel, and in an earlier draft of the screenplay, in issue number eight, Kirby introduces Mr. Machine, the robot X-51, who gains sentience and thanks thanks to an encounter with a monolith, takes the name Aaron Stack and tries to hide amongst humanity. When 2001, a space odyssey would soon come to an end, but the character was given his own series shortly after, reportedly renamed Machine Man, due to a naming conflict with an ideal Toys robot named Mr. Machine. Subsequently, and the character would then appear in the likes of Thor, Iron Man, Machine Man 2020, Next Wave, Agents of Hate, H.A.T.E, Next Wave, and the Iron Man 2020 event, but hey, with Warner Brother, Warners, and DC saying that they what they say, how about making him a new ember to, of the Justice, member of the Justice League? Um, no, um, I, I think legally that uh, they would have a claim to the likeness of X Fifty One.
3: Yeah, especially if you go into the technicalities like like Disney likes to likes likes to do with the. I mean, the, technically, the he was called Mister Machine rolling, so. and yeah. the
2: Robot X Dash Fifty One, but when after when he went into his own series with Marvel, that's when he got changed his name to Machine Man. So they had had the, the they'd cop- have
4: to they'd have to copyright both names. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So Machine Man technically is not. Yeah,
4: so they
3: might have they might have a claim to like you said, like the X fifty one and and the Aaron Strode and stuff or whatever. But but yeah, it sounds like it's tenu it's tenuous grasp at best for Machine Man. I think itself.
2: DC should have other things to do besides coming up with l- looking for ways to you know. Pigeonhole Marvel with characters, oh. well, yeah, especially but the, when you have to jump through so many circus <laughs> hoops to get to it. I mean,
3: well, yeah, but the you know Marvel has done the same thing too with Shiz- with who is now currently known as Shazam when he was known as Captain Marvel at DC. Yeah,
2: but still, you know, it's like. <laughs> Spiral would have a problem trying to do the to do it dance around the all twister this stuff. Yeah. yeah, game that they're playing. I mean, come on, just yeah. write, have somebody write better stories for you, and you don't have to worry about garbage like this. Indeed, especially when you have to dig back so far. I mean, twenty twenty. I mean, who who remembers Machine Man for Pete's sake? Exactly.
3: (laughs) It's like, I I have to admit, I am not among them.
2: (laughs) But speaking of DC Comics, uh, DC Comics has been doing without a Justice League for a couple of years now. Uh, Their deaths, actually, it's only been like a year, hasn't it?
3: Oh, they've all gotten better by now.
2: Uh, Their deaths in Justice League number 75 set up Dark Crisis and the Rise of Titans. And even though the deaths were swiftly reversed, shocking, the League was not reformed. DCT is that they would be bringing back a new Justice League at the end of last year, but it didn't happen. Indeed, in the comics, Amanda Waller has been using the lack of a Justice League to persuade President Joe Biden to give her more and more anti-superhero powers. Hmm. How is Biden granting... Waller anti superhero well, powers.
3: Fictional universes are a beautiful <laughs> thing. It's the same way that, you know, the the, the U.S. government creates in the Marvel Universe the sentinels to go up against mutants. You know, it's like no, there's no, no way that, it could happen a, in reality. they're
4: coming out with something like The Boys, where they have that, you know, anti. Serum? Yeah. The the
2: V. I don't know what it's called. But But you're making it sound like Joe Biden is like the Beyonder and can grant people powers. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? That's that's what I'm going to say. And you, Miss
4: Wallace, shall have (laughs) anti anti superhero (laughs) powers. What what does that even mean? Anti
2: superhero (laughs) (laughs) powers. I I think more accurately, they're trying to go for authority rather than power.
4: She gets to go, aha!
2: So that she can do some very bad things. She
4: could just get beaten, beat really bad. She just uh, can't get hit with like a laser beam eye. There, you
2: <laughs> uh, there are also plans for the Justice Society of America to be reformed, as well as a new Legion of Superheroes series spinning out um, from the uh, JLA, JSA twelve issue series. Uh, but they decided uh, to go exclusive with a uh, Ghost Machine or image instead. Uh, the creator of that. Um, and changed those plans at DC. But what I, what I, what has been uh, stirring around recently for, uh, in recent months from DC sources is that rather than the inevitable return of the Justice League in some form or other, uh, possibly opposed to Amanda Waller, but we may be getting a similar scrappier team with a similar scrappier name, but not the usual members. Specifically named the Justice. Gang,
5: mm. <laughs> Oh,
3: yes, that's so creative.
4: That's terrible. <laughs> like, that is like, the word The name. Justice
2: Gang. The Justice Gang. Yeah. <laughs> A name that echoes the Injustice Gang supervillain teams from first formed by uh, Libra, including Kronos, Mirror Master, Poison Ivy, Scarecrow, Shadow Thief, and the okay. Tattooed Man. While Lex Luthor had his own version using... Cersei, Dr. Light, Jem, the Joker, Mirror Master again, and Ocean Master as counterparts to the league, except the likes of Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, uh, Metamorpho, Ultraman, and Hawkgirl, somewhere between the Justice League Detroit era of the 70s and the Justice League international team of the 80s and 90s, a more street-level team rather than one concerned with cosmic threats. Obviously, it will eventually lead to a fully fledged, fully formed Justice League with Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and the like. Again, and we also have the non-canon Justice League versus Godzilla versus King Kong and the like. But as it stands, DC Comics may be playing around with the idea in different ways first.
3: Wow! <laughs> with Justice Just Wow Gang. <laughs> Okay, it's making Rob. We have to move on. It's making Rob giggle.
4: It <laughs> just reminds me of, like the Apple Dumpling Gang, yeah. like, you know? Like, yeah, I was... it's like they're, they're like little children. <laughs> wow, the Apple, the uh, Apple. Du-
3: I have not heard about the Apple Dumpling Gang in years. Wow, but but yeah, he's right. It did make me think of it too. I was just trying to. Just terrible, myself.
4: absolutely terrible. It is. It's horrible. <laughs> Who's their naming person? Like, fire them right now. <laughs> ah, I don't know, but that was that was that was horrible.
2: Anyway, from the comic books being released, January tenth, at least here, I highlight the number one issues and/or major story or anniversary issues that are being released because those are the ones that have the most value interest to collectors and investors. Don't base your buying decisions solely on my opinion. It is, after all, only my opinion. To keep the list to a minimum, I do not include any trade paperback, graphic novels, hardcover, softcover volumes, or reprints. If you are in an independent comic book company or creator and you have something coming out, please let me know by sending me an email at popculturegaboom at Boy, you guys threw out those real old-timey jokes there with the apple dumpling gang. I tell you. <laughs> Yeah, that that
3: that we're we're retro up, right, up on eh, those <laughs> uh, in
2: between a little orphan and <laughs> When you say,
4: I'm sorry. When you say the Justice Gang, that's what it reminds you of, that okay. or straight out of like, uh, what is it? The Ponderosa Ranch, you know? <laughs> like- wow. Okay.
2: The Wild, wild West. Okay. Uh, if you, uh, anyway, if you are an independent comic book company or creator and have something coming out, please. Let me know by sending me an email at PopCultureBoom at gmail.com. Put upcoming comics in the subject line and include in the body of the email the publisher's name, the title of the book of books, when the book of books will be coming out, and the issue number so I can add the book or books in the future. Uh, First up from Ahoy Comics. Acid Chimp versus Business Dog. Number one. One I love
3: the title if nothing else.
2: Acid Chimp. (laughs) I don't know. Versus um, business dog.
4: Was it created from acid, or does he throw acid? See, now I'm curious.
2: Uh, well, <laughs> and, then, and
4: then if he's a chimp, would it be
3: acid-dookie? or?
2: <laughs> and I don't know what kind of business business dog is doing, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on par with uh, the chimp, but anyway.
4: He's the lawyer for the chimp. Oh, that, yeah. Uh,
3: well,
2: they're
4: fighting each other. Okay. Hmm. Uh
2: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I know. No, Bonanza, if that does not age us, it ages us a lot, actually.
5: actually <laughs> uh, what are you talking about?
2: I'm as young as the year is old. Uh, it's still a big thing around here, actually, because it's Carson City, Eric. So, you know, where the. Uh, who, yeah, the pun- who were they? Who, what? who uh, lived oh, at the Ponderosa Ranch? Oh,
4: uh. Who lived at the Ponderosa yeah. Ranch? Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, my God. It was the whole, like, that stupid, oh, yeah. that Green. Yeah, I know Lord the Green. actors, but I don't know the name I'm, I'm, of their family. I'm, I'm going through I the, yeah, I'm cannot remember. The <laughs> right now. That's why I said the Ponderosa <laughs> Ranch. My dad watches it, like, all the time, though. Wow. Yeah, okay. it's, it's eluding me at the moment.
2: All right, yeah, all
4: right. Bonanza, that's all I can think of is like, the name <laughs> of the show. That's not their, like, last name.
2: And actually, uh, the Ponderosa Ranch is up in Tahoe. Uh, yeah. It used to be a place you could actually go yep. to, yeah. and, but then they closed it. Yep. So you can use to take a hayride. Uh, yep. I, I used to make fun of that. My used to go up all the time when
4: my aunts would come out.
2: The breakfast hayride. Yep. You're throwing scrambled eggs at, and stuff, yeah. <laughs> at wild Indians as they attack you. Uh, one shot, two cover variants for acid chimp versus business dog. And we'll have to continue that list when we get back. <laughs> so don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom, a radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Um, Eric decided to chime in uh, that uh, uh, he thinks a modern Gilligan's Island would be cool, starting at, like, Lost, a plane crash on a jungle island.
3: Well, then where would be the SS Minnow if it was a plane
4: crash? That's what it would be called. I don't know. <laughs> i i don't see uh a... they wouldn't find it on the island
5: yeah but yeah, yeah
4: yeah i hate it when they
3: do dramatic remakes of comedy shows like they did with fresh Prince of bel-air and it's like why mm-hmm. they did yeah, yeah it's called bel-air
2: <laughs> dumb <Yes>. all right um <laughs> uh... Uh, it did, but he, he he wants it to stay a comedy. Uh, unless they crash land on the uh, Komodo Islands and they have to run from Komodo dragons, I don't see a reason. <laughs> <laughs> a Bermuda Triangle thing where they end up on like some other dimension is the only way that uh, would play out. In kind any of comedy. like Lost. <laughs> is that what happened? Kind of. I never watched Lost.
3: Yeah, it's, uh,
4: it turned out to be they were all dead. Yeah, it's it's a, it was a convoluted mess. Yes, they, they were all were dead, dead, and apparently they were all sharing the same death dream or yeah. death. Uh, apparently, whatever. J. G.
3: Abrams, yeah. shock of shocks, didn't know what he was doing. He was just kind of making it up
4: as he went along, which is why everybody <laughs> hated the ending of Lost because, wait, after all that, you mean the, you mean after we all said, "Oh, are they dead?" You, and you said, "No, they aren't. They are." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I had to end it. I mean, all right. So, so we didn't get very far with the comic books. So no. Let's start over with uh, Ahoy Comics: Acid Chimp versus Business Dog. Number one, one show two cover variants.
3: Okay, I can understand that wanting to have an excuse just to say Acid Dog versus Business or Acid Chimp versus Business Dog again. No,
2: because <laughs> I really want to get to the next one, which is Antarctic Press and Notzilla number not one. Not. <laughs> one shot with three cover villains. Wait, uh, is, it with, is it with a
4: KN or just an N?
2: N O T. Not Zilla. Uh, Blood Moon Comics has Distemper number one. I They should need that for Business Dog, I guess. Distemper number one of three with three cover variants. Brilliant Ex- Enterprise has Kent Menace versus Techno Freak number one with two cover variants. Are these names not the comical this week? I to get yeah Uh -uh. anyway it's interesting (laughs) DC Comics has Batman Beyond number one facsimile edition with three cover variants when there weren't no cover variants in the uh, original
3: Batman Beyond there could have been I mean that's that's a relatively new title
2: it's Uh, why are they doing a facsimile exactly that's what that's that's kind of like
3: all
2: right Dynamite Entertainment oh but guess what they're not the ones with the highest cover count this week.
3: Oh, color me shocked!
2: Yeah, you should be. But anyway, let's uh, play the game.
3: All
5: right, <laughs>
2: Dynamite Entertainment, Disney Villains, Cruella Deville, number one with Spencer. Uh, I want to
3: say one hundred and one, but that's way Whoa. too many because you know just That would be a funny. Yeah, yeah, womp, 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 womp. yeah but uh, I'll go seven. Wow. Okay. Uh,
4: Rob? I'm going to conservative this uh, week. I'm going to go with uh, 17.
2: Wow. Rob was the closest. 14 cover variants. Wow. And they weren't the highest one this week. Holy cow. Image Comics has Adventure Man Ghost Lights number 1 with two cover variants. Um, to be kind of serious. Uh, what? Uh, Eric said 19. Uh, nope. you were off. Marvel Comics has Giant Size Spider-Man number one with four cover variants rise of the powers of X number one with a wallet busting nine cover variants and ultimate spider-man number one with a bank busting 15 cover variants 15 (laughs) Wow. wow yep massive now that's the name of the company uh Zorro man of the dead number one of four With a wallet-busting 13 cover variants. Dang. Or bank-busting, actually. Uh, Mm -hmm. Scout Comics has Von Bock, number one, with three cover variants. Titan Comics has Rebel Moon, House of the Blood Axe, number one of four. (sighs) With a wallet-busting eight cover variants. Well,
3: that might actually make the characters more interesting.
2: If they have the same characters. I mean... Yeah, who knows? House of the Blood Axe. I don't even know what that is I don't remember to any of that in the... Me like, neither.
4: I was like, is this a spinoff? Is this a one-shot? Is this a... <laughs> no idea.
2: But Rebel Moon... Oh. House of the Blood X, uh, the only houses that I'm aware of in science fiction is of course like
3: House of and, and House Ar- 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 and Ar- Dune. Ar- Conan, yeah. Yes,
2: exactly. So I don't know what they're trying to, you know, Mufflepuff and <laughs> <laughs> see, see how many uh, see how many sci fi franchises Ravenclaw. they can rip off with one movie, I yeah, guess. So I don't know. Uh, Xenoscope Entertainment has Gretel, Dark Impulse's number one one-shot, Brown Chicken, Brown Cow, uh, with four cover variants. And those are your comic books coming out this week.
4: Could be like when they did Red, when she was like, you know, it was Little Red Riding Hood, but she was actually a werewolf hunter.
2: <laughs> that's hmm. funny stuff. That's good stuff right there.
3: Yeah, yeah Grim Fairy Tales kind of has a line that's like that with, with the different uh, characters.
2: Okay. So, Valve Corporation finally wrapped up the year with the 2023 Steam Awards as they released the full set of winners on Tuesday. Every year, the company likes to show off who you and they believe are the top video games of the year. So, they do their own award ceremony where you vote on the games you believe deserve to be recognized in certain fields. The catch, however, is that you can't vote for games you don't own. <laughs> In other words, no one can spam the vote beyond getting a group of people together who also happen to own the game to vote for their favorites. Hmm. I know what a concept. The idea behind it is uh, that you you you're getting a much more genuine voting pool made up of people who actually played the game, but it also has the drawback of less popular games just never having the votes to make it past. Titles that clearly have a bigger audience and more downloads. So and not, titles, but not
3: necessarily a higher quality.
2: Yeah. Uh, so titles that sell well will always have an advantage um, in more ways than one. I mean, if you sell mm. a lot of games, then it goes on the thing, uh, you know, as their top 10 right. for the week anyway. <laughs> so if, you're not, if you have a game that nobody knows about, it's not going to sell and, uh, yeah, and you're just... not going to
3: get a chance to get that kind of exposure if you you are know, a little dark horse company that gets a, an award, you know, from a, from a thing. You can say, "Hey, we're an award winner. Come check our game out."
2: Unless novelty, novelty, <gasps> get a hold of somebody in the media. <laughs> I'm well, just and it saying. Your game. Uh, like, yeah, you know, well, you know, you want there's
4: like this weird thing that everybody expects, like influencers or the twitch people or to just happenstance yeah.
2: come across and stumble over you like a t- <laughs> coffee table in the middle of a dark room it doesn't happen Trust at me, all. as
4: a gamer myself even like when mm-hmm. they show up on my my free games i research and go well, what is this game do i even feel like i'm interested in playing mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah it's like so promote a... your game so that we can be like mm-hmm. "Ooh, this sounds good you know
2: <laughs> spencer is that like bell monster hunter or aerial guardian of the sea
3: yeah stuff like mm-hmm. that yeah okay yeah, and then and then they have like uh, like uh, Van Helsing has a daughter, you know, you know, stuff like that.
2: Yeah, wasn't her name Mina? <laughs> and she died. No, <laughs> didn't Van Helsing have a daughter?
4: In the, no, they were uh, separate people. Mina was getting married yeah, to Jonathan. Yeah, Harker. yeah Mina, Har- Mina Harker. Yeah, and John- Oh, okay. And, uh, so but uh, yeah but that, uh, she did, she Dra- did well, Dracula's the one I don't know she, she became undead so I don't know <laughs> she technically wasn't died wasn't she like
2: <laughs> didn't Van Helsing have a daughter that was a friend of hers or something I don't know if
4: you're I mean, uh, no he was a friend the... he was a friend of
3: the father of, of the, the daughter uh, that was killed by Dracula yes.
4: oh boy is that convoluted
2: yeah. all right I'm it makes sorry, I'm, it makes sense in the context. I'm sorry, sorry I brought it up now. <laughs> when You have
3: a book. You have lots of characters. <laughs> oh yeah, and then so many different <laughs> versions of it. That there might probably was a movie version well, where there is, they were. There yeah. is
4: on sci-fi. There was the. Um, I think it was just called Van Helsing. Yeah, and, and I believe a, I believe the comic was book a, is based off it was her. Based, well, it was she her, was a female. Yeah, but yeah. I think it was. But she's was from, from that line. Daughter. Yeah, yeah. She, it was the Van Helsing line. Yeah,
3: yeah, I believe that show was based off of the comic. In fact
2: it was yeah you know, it was like one of the first successful um comic book tv shows mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, cuz i watched it um along with uh, what was that one with the um mercy uh, with the dead i can't remember it now it was on sci-fi too it was really cheesy you no know, really cheesy uh Don uh, kind of like Walking Dead. Oh uh, Oh the, oh
4: the, the, oh! Um, um, <laughs> I'm going to say it was called Citizen Z, but that's wrong. Um, I know exactly what the one you're talking I about. I see there was Z Nation, but yeah, that's Z it. Nation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Z
2: Nation. Yeah,
6: yeah. that one, yeah, It that was, was in
4: that weird. It was it was filmed in that weird oh. blue tone, and it was just bizarre. Oh, Some I loved it stuff that It was great. great. It was, it was so it was humorous. Crazy. It was so campy, and it knew it was campy.
2: It had that and they were like totally. Remember when it first came out and they're playing up, oh, this person's in it, and he dies like the yep. first episode. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that was a seller. They, they do it a lot. My wife Bravo. was mad about that too because they did it
4: with the TV show on primetime with Ryan Philippe, and my wife's like, he died in the first <laughs> episode. <laughs> she's like, why are you promoting him? She was so mad. <laughs> oh, they did that. With, they did
2: that with Bruce Campbell too. They kind of uh, um, put him into limelight for uh, one of those.
5: Or what was
2: it for uh, Maniac Cop Two? Oh, yeah. yeah. They're like, starring Bruce Campbell. He was in it for like five minutes before he died. He was like the intro. <laughs> yep. the credits weren't even done rolling before he died. And they, But anyway. <sighs> anyway. All right. So where was I? Uh, played the game, but it also has a drawback of less popular games, blah, 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 blah. Clearly have a bigger audience, blah, blah. So titles that sell well will always have an, an advantage, which is how this year kind of turned out. And in many ways, and shows how skewered the voting can can be. As Red Dead Redemption Two and The Last of Us Part One, two games that did not oh. come out in 2023, <laughs> snagged awards. Well, then they should limit. To, they should. They limit should it limit it to, it to new
4: games then. Yeah. yeah,
2: it has to come out that year. Yeah. I mean, come
4: on. You're I, the th- ones you were setting. Yeah. Like, you can't say all of them and they get disappointed with yeah. the results.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, come on. You're setting the parameters here. I didn't really yeah, It's set like them. you are literally
3: writing the rules.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and here are the 2023 Steam Award winners. Game of the Year went to Baldur's Gate. 3 Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, VR Game of the Year went to Labyrinthine. Okay. Mm -hmm. Labor of Love went to Red Dead Redemption 2. Best Game on Steam Deck, Hogwarts Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, Better with Friends uh, went to Lethal Company. Outstanding visual style went to Atomic Heart. Have you seen uh, anything about Atomic Heart? Oh, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, I've only seen the cutscenes for that, and I don't know if it's actually worth the game. Well, playing.
3: I, I'm pretty sure everybody's just voting because of the ballerina twins, robot ballerina twins. Yeah,
2: that's all they ever show, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I have no idea what this game is actually about. Most, adv- most innovative games play went to Starfield.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, best game mm-hmm. you suck at? Uh, Sifu. Uh, uh, Sifu. It's okay. a martial arts game. Okay, uh, Best Soundtrack went to The Last of Us Part 1 Outsto- Outstanding Story Rich Game went to Baldur's Gate 3 mm-hmm. Sit Back and Relax went to Dave the Diver mm. All games I have not played Anyway, mm. uh, The New York Video Game Critics Circle has officially released all of the nominees for the upcoming 2024 New York Game Awards which will be held in a few weeks The 13th Annual Ceremony will be live streamed at the Play Center for Media, as the winners will be revealed during the live and in person show, which is set to be held at the SVA Theater in Manhattan on June, January 23rd. If you want, though, you can go to New York Game Awards 2024 if you want to check out all of the nominees. I'm not going to read them out because there's way too many. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there really is. Like oh, no, yeah, it's uh, five to ten for per category. category yeah. Twenty categories. Oof. Uh, yes. uh, yeah, I, I don't
3: agree. think any of us are judging you harshly on that one. Good, Jimmy. Goody. All right, but we're we still judging
4: here.
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. So uh, Robert says Cartwright. Um, yeah, 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 yeah we, yeah. we,
3: yeah, we, we looked it up during the no, during you the. You looked it up. I, I looked it up because it was driving me nuts. Because it's like it, it was in the it, it was in this avalanche of information in my brain. I just couldn't dig it up in time,
5: so I, I, I did look it up.
2: Yeah. I wasn't concerned about it at all, right. actually. When, once that segmented up, once the commercials came, or once the break we all came, knew what we were talking I about. was done. <laughs> <laughs> So, with that being said, uh, Riot Games have officially launched season 2024 (laughs) for League of Legends, with a ton of content to start off with right out of the gate. Aside from the major reveal being the preview of Arcane Season 2, this season will build around Arcane-inspired gameplay and characters and to build up to this season debut in November, which will dovetail into Worlds 2024. The game will see changes to the champion... Mastery system, as well as the return of Arena mode, a brand new game mode to to be revealed. <laughs> okay, any new set of circumstances to deal with for LOL Esports, LOL Laugh Out Loud Esports, <laughs> um, which includes changes to the qualification rules for the mid-season Invitational and Worlds 2024, oh. plus their own Hall of Fame with the introduction of the LOL Esports Hall of Legends. The team will focus on making improvements to how the ranked system evaluates player skill, reducing situations where a player is matched up with someone in a vastly different rank, and how much LP a player loses, LP in relation to how much they gain in the new season. Okay, now I'm confused. Additionally, there will be changes to changes changes coming to the Championship Mastery system in the first half of the year. Vanguard is coming to League as a response to the feedback around high number of bots in games, disruptive smurfs in ranked, disruptive smurfs, <laughs> and an increase in scripting. Uh, the impl- implementation will allow for live match. Termination and will refund LP to players in games with slash uh, against detected cheaters and bots. LOL Esports will continue to increase the stakes around MSI and strengthen its connection to Worlds to that effect. In 2024, the winning team at MSI will be awarded a guaranteed spot at Worlds, which also counts as an additional slot for their region. The second best performing region will secure an additional seed for their region, as well, this season will uh, will this season there will be a base of three world slots for the LEC, LCS, LCK, and LPL, the PCS and VSC. I'm talking in code now. <laughs> it's, it's I, I honestly
4: thought you were going to say PCP at one point. So <laughs> I, I, I thought I was going to
2: too. I was, I was I thought I was going to slip up there, but I didn't. Wow, that was close! But um, we're coming up on that hard break, and we got a lot more show for you. uh, So don't go anywhere. We still got to talk to uh, yeah. (laughs) Hopefully, no more acronyms. We still have to talk to Samuel over at the Galaxy Theaters, as well as Tony Sanfilippo with the movies, as well as our big interview with Mister Bill Brown later on in the show as well, and more news for you. If you missed any part of tonight's show, you can catch it again. How you say, like this, I say, uh, by going to the um, Pop Culture Kaboom podcast produced by 97 and Now Productions. It is available on your favorite podcast platform. So just subscribe to Pop Culture Kaboom podcast. And we'll be back with more Pop Culture Kaboom radio show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And again, the Sporkle Pub Quest with Scott. Pub quiz with Scott. Question of the week. Who is the very first boxer Rocky Balboa beats in the film series Rocky? Is it A, Glass Joe, B, Clubber Lang, C, Dragon Chan, D, Apollo Creed, or E, Spider Rico? Phone number to call is 515 4141 If you'd like to win a prize, if you get it right, that is, uh, then feel free to give us a call. Right now, we are speaking with Samuel over at the Galaxy Theatres in Carson City. And
0: how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing today?
2: I'm all right. Happy New Year, by the way. Um, And uh, speaking of New Year, what is uh, going on over there at Galaxy Theaters? What is playing currently this week?
0: Yeah, Happy New Year. We have, uh, this week, we have The Color Purple, we have Wonka, and we also have Migration. They've all been uh, big hits here. And then uh, this Friday, the 12th, we're going to be playing Beekeeper and Mean Girls. Mean Girls?
2: Wasn't that a movie already?
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, yes it was is this a a sequel or a a new one remake this is gonna be a remake yeah yeah,
5: it's, it's first remake of the does. year that I'm aware of. Okay, <laughs>
2: I was wondering about that. I saw a thing on uh, YouTube about mean girls. I'm like, why are they showing stuff for a movie that's already come out? <laughs> so, I, so I didn't click on it because I didn't. I'm like, I don't care about that. I didn't care about it yep. the first time around, but yeah, all right, we, we, we made it a week.
5: Wow, wonderful.
2: Right. One Before, Before a remake out. Woo-hoo. Nice. Well, there's your answer for that one. Uh, who was that? Uh, Whoever I can't asked for that name list, is, the gentleman yeah. in Texas. Yeah, uh, well, I think it was Texas. Yeah, you want to know the, you want to know. There's a list of remakes coming out this year, and well, was, well, there's your first. And so now you know there's at least one. All right, so uh, the Beekeeper and Mean Girls coming out on Friday. Is there anything leaving the theater this week?
0: Uh, you know, we haven't had confirmation by the studios just yet. Unfortunately, we're not going to know until um, Monday. So uh. until tomorrow. <laughs> uh,
2: okay. Well, um, so if you get a chance, uh, now would be the opportunity for you to go and uh, check out uh, The Color Purple as well as Wonka, if you haven't seen that one yet. Um, actually, uh, Crystal, um, a listener to the show. Yeah, she gave that a pretty uh, glowing yeah. review. She uh, said she went and saw it, and uh, she enjoyed it, surprisingly. <laughs> Yeah, she wasn't expecting
3: to, and she was getting ready to walk out when it first started, she said.
2: It's uh, kind of like me with uh, Superman versus Batman. Remember that one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I almost walked out on that one. But anyway, um, so yeah, she uh, gave it actually a good review. So um, unfortunately, uh, or do you know yet? if uh, I don't even think there's any info yet. I know they're going to be releasing a uh, Godzilla Minus One in
0: Japan
2: as a black and white version. Any news on whether or not that will be coming to the States?
0: Uh, I don't have any news on yet on that just yet, but if we end up showing it at the theater, I'll for sure let you know.
2: Awesome. I'll appreciate that. Yeah, because yeah. uh, a lot of people actually, like Rob wants to see it in black and white, so which surprises me. But It's, it's kind I, of a
3: nice homage to the original so yeah. Godzilla. To me, it's
2: like... <laughs> uh, okay, uh, well, thank you, sir. Um, anything else going on at the theaters mm. uh, that uh, uh, people should know
0: about? I'm actually very happy to ask that uh, we're currently hiring. And then along with that, if you're interested in any screen rentals, now is the time. Uh, we're entering into the third season with school being in session. So uh, if anybody is interested, please just shoot us a call at 775-885-9500.
2: Okay. Um, and screen rentals can be used for uh, office gatherings, uh, any uh, special screenings. Uh, and what if uh, like uh, independent filmmakers um, can do? Uh,
0: yeah. A- XYZ, all of the above. And, <laughs> you know, if you have a creative idea, we'd love to hear you out and how you could use our space.
2: Awesome. All right. Um, well then, sir, I do appreciate you coming on and talking with us about what's going on over there at Galaxy Theaters in Carson City. Um, and you guys are open tonight until what? Eleven o'clock?
0: Uh, actually, we're closed a little bit earlier, around uh, nine forty-five.
2: Oh, okay. Last showing then. Okay. Yeah. Um but uh all right so that'll be that. Um so you still have time after the show tonight if you're driving around and we do got to call we her, have a so caller we're going Yay! to let you go sir and cool. we're going to see all who right. is calling thank us much. and uh right, we'll thank talk you. to you later. All right. See ya.
6: Hello
2: caller you're on the air. Who is this and where are you calling from?
6: Hey, this is Jim from Carson City. Hey Hello. Jim from Carson, Carson City.
5: Happy New Year.
6: <laughs> Happy New Year to you guys. Uh, hey. Uh, yes. So, so last time I called, and I know it was a few weeks back, um, I was talking about Godzilla, that I see, I see Arsenic and Old Lace.
3: Yeah, you, you well, saw it. Well, the you
6: sad think? news is, is I can't find it anywhere. No streaming services. They don't have it in the classic movies at the library here. So, oh. if you got any other suggestions oh. for me, something I can actually find, um, uh, that would be cool. Hmm. let
3: well, see. Uh, Harvey is always a good choice as well with uh, Jim, with uh, Jimmy Stewart.
2: Okay, so instead of helping you find it, he'll just give you a different movie altogether.
6: <laughs> no, that, that, that's fine. That's a, a different movie. What was that one called? Harvey. Harvey. Mm-hmm. Okay, another one I'd never heard of. Okay. Oh, it, it,
3: um, it's 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 a weird one. It, it it'll be, it, basically he plays uh, he plays a town <laughs> drunk, but he's also like one of the nicest people you ever meet, who uh, has a, a six foot giant uh, invisible rabbit named Harvey who hangs
6: out with him. <laughs> Okay, this sounds perfect. <laughs> the, last I,
2: the last time, the last one I know about is uh, with um, it has uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, I'm I'm in the middle of looking that up for you. The uh, Arsenic and
4: Old Lace, so 1969 or 1941. You can rent it through uh, Google. The Arsenic and Old Lace.
6: Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Well, I try to avoid avoid Google. I find I think they're evil. But okay, that
5: one. Also,
4: <laughs> uh, you can also rent it through Vudu.
6: V- Voodoo. Voodoo. Yes, okay, so you is have that an a, app, yeah. app that you yeah. had uh, like yep. a, on uh, on a Roku or something? Yep. Uh huh. Correct. Yes. Oh, okay. And they have I a bunch have of free on. movies
4: too. So yeah, so you can go do that
6: Voodoo uh, okay. that you do so well. So well, yes. Yeah, so, well. right. so while we uh, got you on the so phone,
2: we- you want to take a crack at the uh, trivia question this week?
6: Are you kidding me, Spider Rico? It was Puerto wow. Rico. Okay. It was too easy. <laughs> was too easy.
2: <laughs> I guess so. Well, uh, you know well, what? Ben,
6: he knocks him through the ropes after the illegal headbutt. Come on! I know every I know every line in that movie.
2: Well,
5: uh, you, uh, uh, you know,
3: I I, I I got it right. Uh, Eric and Rob did not. So you know, you're in an elite group now. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> and as Mickey
7: says, ha, he's a bum. He's a bum. <laughs> Right.
2: <laughs> I never saw Rocky, so I did not know this would be an oh, easy
5: question.
7: Man.
2: So anyway, but I did see uh, um, Harvey, so I know about that movie. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, both of those are good choices. Uh, so you get your choice, sir. Uh, what would you prefer, a gift certificate for Dreamwell Comics or two movie passes to Galaxy Theatres?
6: Oh, two movie passes. Sounds wonderful.
2: All right. Um, will, I'm going to put you on hold for a second. And I'm Rob get your, is going to get to your personal info, info from you um, so that I can pass it on to Galaxy Theta's. All right, sir.
6: Very cool. Nice talking to you guys. All right. But, Hold on for me, okay, sir? Oh, oh, old film. You got it. Found right. at,
2: you. Oh, wait. Uh, before you do that, um, uh-huh. uh, Jim? Yes. Um, check out uh, archive.org. It is the Internet Archive uh, Digital Library of Free and Borrowable Books um, and Movies, I assume. Huh. Old film can be found at archive.org.
6: Archive.org. Thank you very Beautiful. much, Eric
2: in Whittier, California, for that suggestion. Super cool. All right. And uh, All right. we're going to put you on hold for a second, and Rob is going to get your info. And uh, thank you for calling in. All right. So that was kind of quick. All right, I left Mm -hmm. off with the uh, 97 abbreviations here, um, (laughs) talking about the... uh, um, All the
5: League of Legends stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, so uh, world slots for the LEC, LSC, LCK, and LPL, the PCS and VCS will each retain two world slots, and the LLA and CBLOL will each retain one world slot. And as previously announced, MSI 2024 will be held... May 1st through the 19th, 2024, in Chengdu,
3: China? Sounds right, it's Chengdu.
2: That, uh, I think, is all we need. Uh, World's 2024 will be held September 25th to November 2nd, 2024, and take place in Berlin for plans and Swiss stages at the Riot Games Arena. Paris for quarterfinals and semifinals at the Adidas Arena. And London at the O2 Arena for finals. Uh, finally, to celebrate those who have made a lasting impact on the game, the sport and the community, LOL Esports is proud to introduce the LOL Esports Hall of Legends, Legends version of a Hall of Fame. An independent voting panel of Esports industry veterans and experts from every region will vote to select the very first inductee. These inductee, in, Those inducted will be celebrated both in and out of game. Okay. Good for them. Yay. (laughs) Woo. I'm all confused after reading all those abbreviations. (laughs) Quite honestly, I'm confused now. Right. So, remember that game, Star Wars Outlaws? Yep. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, Star Wars Outlaws is slated to be released sometime this year. Yep. But Ubisoft has kept quiet about the actual release window. (sighs) However, it seems we can now expect to see the game late. This year, according to a post on the official Disney Parks blog, the Star Wars game was featured in a list of 24 ooh worthy things that Disney experiences in 2024. The video game was not the only Star Wars thing on the list. Disney also mentioned some changes that will be coming to the Star Tours attraction in Hollywood Studios Disneyland and Disneyland Paris back in October. A report from Ubisoft about the company's first half of the fiscal year mentioned that a large game would be delayed to the next fiscal year. The unnamed game was planned for the end of this fiscal year, which concludes on March 31st, 2024. However, Ubisoft had outperformed its own internal expectations and was pushing back the mystery game to maximize its value uh, creation. That report immediately led to rumors that Star Wars oh. Outlaws had been pushed back, and this new Disney Parks blog post would seem to confirm that speculation. That's bound to be disappointing for Star Wars fans hoping to play the game, but hopefully the delay will result in a lot of extra polish ahead of launch. <laughs> okay, yeah, and one, they, and there, they, one thing. Everybody, games everybody always. That. Ha- hopes they actually
4: that. had to retract, and they actually had to repost onto the Disney Park blog instead. Just this year. Mm-hmm. Because Ubisoft was like, uh, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but if any
3: games ever need extra polish before they're released, it's Ubisoft games.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Star Wars Outlaws is set to release on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and S, and PC. The game is set in a in the time period between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. With players taking on the role of a new character, K-Vess. Vess and her outlaw allies are planning one of the biggest heists the Outer Rim has ever seen. Ooh. Oh, I'm adding all that in there. No, that's actually the, the quote's actual. Yeah, I just read it like I was a cowboy. And that seems like a compelling setup for a Star Wars game. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It actually looks really cool. Uh, eh. Yeah. I liked it. I, I seen the uh, um, cutscene stuff about it, but not actual gameplay. Oh, so,
4: there's the uh, gameplay's out there. Okay. Good look. Yeah, it's pretty good.
2: Given that time period, players can expect to see familiar faces from the original trilogy, including Jabba the Hutt... Players will even be able to take jobs from an infamous gangster. Star Wars Outlaws will be the first open world game based on the franchise. Um, that's debatable.
3: Yeah, considering there's been that... Technically, l- yeah. Star Wars
2: Galaxies was a sandbox and not an open world, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: And, th- and then the Old Republic a massive online role-playing game. <laughs> yeah,
2: that was kind of open world. <laughs> I didn't like it because it was too much on rails, especially when it came to space combat. Yeah, but but it's still rails. open
4: worlds that go yeah well i yeah but you're driven by storyline in those
2: mm, kind of you can go off and do your own thing too mm-hmm. so but anyway um so I'm, I'm just debating this whole first ever nonsense yeah. i mean quite honestly but anyway Uh, And Ubisoft is promising that players will be able to visit multiple planets throughout the game. In an interview with Edge Magazine last year, creative director Julian, I'm not going to try and pronounce that, stated that these planets will not be procedurally generated and will all be handcrafted. Um, This person's last name, who I can't pronounce, also noted that the planets will be fairly large, saying that each will... One will be roughly the size of two to three zones from Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Ooh, Hmm. so if you played that game, you'll know what he's talking about, which Mm -hmm. I haven't, so I don't. Uh, Star Wars Outlaws is not currently slated to release on Nintendo Switch, but the system will play host to a Star Wars game of its own this year. Star Wars Hunters was expected to release in 2023 on Switch, Android, and iOS, but was also delayed last year. Hmm.
4: Well, see, they don't even consider, like, uh, Jedi Survivor and um that to be open world. Because really? Yeah, because there's too many closed parts of it. So that's uh, why I think, you know what I mean? So that's why I'm thinking, like, there's finally going to be, like, oh, you're not restricted. Like, you know?
2: <laughs> well, and there's a very fine line between... Um, open world and sandbox then
5: mm-hmm. yeah but, uh,
3: yeah but you know people are just so obsessed with saying they want to be the first on whatever it's like uh what was it when the hunger games came out finally here's the first here's the first movie franchise with a female lead and it's like uh, sigourney <laughs> <laughs> weaver and uh and uh sarah connor would like to enter the conversation here <laughs> yeah
2: that's kind of an, uh, speaking of
4: it. linda hamilton did you hear the news no she has been signed on to Stranger Things season 5. Oh, oh yeah, I didn't interesting hear about that.
2: If they ever get around to filming that. It
4: started actually this week. <laughs> this week. Yep. This oh, yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> That's how like they released the news. Like <laughs> oh, Yeah,
3: yeah I, I like our freshman high schoolers were about 30 years old now. <laughs> no, they're actually still like
4: they're actually fairly young cuz they started them when they were young. I know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm exaggerating. I, I want to say the <laughs> oldest one is actually sadie sink i believe and she's like 22 22
2: so. and still in high school mm-hmm. heck that's just like french fresh prince of <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least kidding. they're
4: not 90210 where they actually were 30 playing like 15 year olds oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's speaking of.
3: brian austin greens in one of our movies we're reviewing this yep. week
2: brian austin green what was
3: he was in 90210
2: yeah. he was yes uh, okay <laughs> well, no, no, just, yeah, I didn't it watch just, it. What interesting did he conversation.
4: Play. Oh it was I don't even remember, but he went out with Donna.
5: Who's Tori Donna? Spelling's character. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> he went out with Donna. Who's Donna? <laughs> I feel like I'm at a family reunion. And I don't know anybody.
4: <laughs> who? <laughs> Dude, that was such an obsessive show back in the day. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs>
5: All
2: right, it's time for that hard break. When we get back, it'll be movie time with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. So don't go anywhere. I'm a Paul Colzick Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Boomer Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Each week, the film powers that be release dozens of movies, some of which you'll never hear about except here. Each week's upcoming releases are carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes and up to five films are selected from genres that I would watch And those genres are action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime, or fantasy, and that is pretty much it. With that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made, and we'll read you the synopsis of each film, then give you our not-so-humble opinions. Bear in mind, we are not professional movie critics. We are just overly opinionated blowhards by Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Of Filippo's Horrible Reviews is... You can catch all of Tony Sanfilippo's reviews of concerts, television shows, and movies at Filippo's Horrible Reviews. And how are you, sir? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Jimmy and fellas. It's
7: uh, great to be back on the air after a few weeks. I'm doing great. I'm doing what I know best, and that is traveling. <laughs> uh, I, am, I am live inside an Airbnb on Ocean Beach, California, which is just a suburb of, uh, well, it's a little outside of San Diego.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Lucky you. Uh, I don't um, know if you kissed the show earlier, but uh, well, I actually, I don't think I mentioned it on air, actually, but it was like uh, this morning, it was five degrees. Uh, yeah, you mentioned four earlier.
3: And that was like a negative four, four, four. Yeah, okay. I said five. Oh, yeah, five. Okay.
5: Yeah.
7: Yeah. The, the the crummy thing, when I get back to Colorado, that storm that just gray states presence with you guys is coming to Colorado. So I'll be flying into that tomorrow. So that should be pretty Oh,
5: awesome.
7: joy.
5: Woo-hoo. Lucky <laughs> you. Yeah. Okay.
7: Okay. At least this chilly 60 here, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a sea breezy here. So it's cold, oh. but it ain't
2: that cold, so. Yeah, good for you. All right, so here on the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show, we utilize the carefully crafted and patented Pop Culture Boom movie rating system, which is as follows. If it is worth seeing in a theater at full price, it is a good, not a great. That is to be determined by you if you choose to see it in a theater. If it seems worth seeing in a theater as a matinee or in your town's cheap theater, it is a so-so. If it seems worth seeing on a streaming service or as a rental or however you choose to watch the film, while avoiding social interaction, it is a blah, and it is deemed so awful you should wait for it to be on public television. It is considered a touch brown, because FCC regulations say we can't use profanity. Uh, so, here are the movies coming out January 8th through January 14th, and we're going to end up with the 400-pound gorilla la, 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 in the room this week. But first, uh, let me see here, uh, let's start off with... The Night They Came Home. They came home. Alright, starting it off, it's uh, already in a bad spot because inspired by true events, The Night They Came Home chronicles the ruthless exploits of the Rufus Buck gang, a group of outlaws who clashed with the Indian territory of Middle America at the tail end of the 19th century. The combined force of local lawmen and Indian police aimed to take down a cold-hearted band of fugitives with vengeance on their minds. Okay, uh, so Danny Troio is in the movie and it actually looks like he isn't going to die. Because <laughs> he's just sitting there telling stories Like he's some kind of weird keeper Of the old west or something Not a bad concept actually when you think about it But man this attempt to modernize the old west By giving it uh, some sort of Robin Hood Slash today's gangster vibe Falls flat on its face I can't get behind any sort of glorification Of criminal, criminal behavior No matter what time period I'm giving it a touch brown uh, Tony what say you?
7: Machete in a Western. woohoo! Danny Trejo and David Silver from 90210, that's Brian Austin Green, are in a modern Western with some action and a so-so story. I would not go rush to see this. I guess it looks okay. But you know what? Realistically, it's a new year. Same me. I'll never
2: watch it. Touch Brown. <laughs> but,
3: um, <laughs> I, mean, well, I can't lie to
2: you guys. So I won't watch it. Spencer, what say you?
3: Well, I love Danny Trejo. I mean, uh, and he looks like he's, he he could be an interesting character in this. And when I when I saw uh, you know Brian Austin Green, I'm like, no, no, that's not him, is it? Is yeah, it? yeah. I was like, holy crap, it is. So yeah, and, and uh, I just thought, hey, this and and the action looks fun. And you have a lot You have you know the good old fashioned cantankerous lawman there, and and the the the, the saving grace to this for me is the inspired by true events instead of yeah. the very important distinction of based on true events. When it's inspired, you can be a little more loosey goosey and feel better about it. So, but uh, I I think the action looks fun. Uh, I I uh, look forward to uh, Rufus Buck getting. Uh, Getting old-fashioned justice and that, and uh, I, I won't go to, to see it in a theater. Yeah, but but uh, so just kind of a cozy, fun night at home. I, I'll give it a uh, well, maybe a so-so, a so-so,
2: a That's so-so a cozy night at home. That's at the matinee.
3: Yeah, I know, but I can, I can I can I can see going to a matinee for this. Rob, what say you?
4: Uh, yeah. So you have Denny Trejo, which I like. I like the concept that he's kind of like the narrator who bookends the whole like, thing here. Um, however, the story just seems like, okay, we've seen this a billion times before. It seems like the rote Western. Whoop de doo. It's another gang. Woohoo. And they're going to have a shootout. Yay. It's a Western. Um, I'm just so like, I, can't, I'm, I, I, westerns are not my genre at all and they couldn't tell generally turn me (laughs) off like right away um they have to be like there's a few good ones out there i'm not gonna lie but this one is not one of them for me so it's gonna be a touch brown
2: all right tony what is next oh i did it my way okay tell me tell me all about her frank
7: yeah, here we go. As the secretive complex world of online drug trafficking increasingly targets Hong Kong. Okay, I'll stop. Thank you. The police launch a risky top-secret sting operation to bring down one of the most notorious drug lords in Asia. Okay, Frank Sinatra said it best. I did it my word. This trailer is action and intense. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. bang death subtitles, and you know, I'm probably more into the views looking out the window of my flight from Denver to San Diego. I should probably pay more attention, but for some reason, I'm not into this, so touch brown. Okay. I watched all
6: these trailers
7: as I was taking off, so, like, this was the last trailer, and the plane started to take off, and I got distracted, so, but it it didn't draw me in.
2: All right. Uh, Bad guys doing bad things, rinse, wash, repeat. Touch brown. Spent, uh, Rob. What we'll say you?
4: Um, so the only thing I could say is that I learned that apparently Hong Kong sends drugs to South America. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought um, it'd be
2: the other way around. So but, did I. Yeah. Other than that, touch ground.
4: <laughs> okay,
5: Spencer. Wow. <laughs> I it, it
4: was just like the most boring action like trailer I've ever seen. And apparently
2: nobody's wasting any time
3: on this one. Well, uh, <laughs> I'll waste a little
5: time on it. <laughs> very (laughs) little yeah
3: it looked like it could be fun but uh you know this would be like fun that i could like fast forward or rewind so this one i'll give a block
5: wow
2: okay fast forward or rewind (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah. You well, well subtitles.
3: Sometimes you know, if there's a big forward. explosion big enough, you might need to rewind to, to reread the subtitles. All right,
7: the oh okay. I thought you were gonna watch it and fast forward. You're like, oh, that's the best. Oh, wait, that go, was a, wait, Let me round.
2: watch that again. Yeah. <laughs> let me yeah. Rewind, it. Okay. No, <laughs>
4: rewind it. it. probably would be as boring or slow. Like,
2: <laughs> maybe it'll make more sense in well, reverse. Well, I don't know. Yeah.
3: And, and fast forward <laughs> to the next explosion. You know, you skip all uh, that boring talky stuff.
2: Next one is an acronym, TIM, T-I-M, stands for Technologically Integrated Manservant. An engineer begins work on her company's latest product, an AI humanoid called TIM, Technologically Integrated Manservant. Things take a turn for the worse, as they always do when Tim's Surveillant programming leads to a dangerous obsession with her. I love you.
7: Eat,
2: <laughs> eat, man. <mom. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> short circuit, eat, eat, eat. Okay, you know what? You could be the perfect <laughs> I What was that movie um, with the robot in it? Uh, Megan? No. <laughs> short circuit? The yes, short circuit. That's right. <laughs> no disassemble. About. Uh, the, Tony, Tony 5 alive, alive. Tony, Tony's going to be doing, Tony's going to be voicing the remake oh, no. <laughs> 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 Alright oh, So the, in the latest AI technology gone wrong comes this slightly boring slow, slow build and it's too slow for my taste and thanks to a step by step movie uh, trailer I could skip the entire movie since I just watched it. very spoiled recap so touch brown oh. Tony what say you? Oh, can I get a personal
7: assistant that goes to work and wakes up at 2.45 daily and then go drop all the pallets himself and be bitter when we don't make openings? So <laughs> that, that'd that be nice <laughs> if I could get my own Tim. Wow. But here we go with the movie. They robot falls in love with a woman and does what he can to break him and his her boyfriend up. Because you know why? Why not? Wedge... A little jealousy in there. The trailer shows you everything you need. The robot wants sexy time with the lady. She's not having Bender Rodriguez. He gets jelly <laughs> and all crazy. And then short circuits worse than Johnny Five. And boom, they have to take out the corrupt machine. Seen it, been there, done that. It's been done better. Touch Brown. Okay.
2: Spencer?
3: Well, you know, when I, see, when I see Tim, you know, you know, we have the technologically blah, blah, blah here. But when I think of Tim, I think of the legendary wizard,
2: Tim. I have no idea what you're talking about. Monty so Python the and the Search for a Holy Grail. Oh, okay,
3: And nobody can beat that Tim. So I'm going to touch Brown
4: this one. All right. Rob, what's for you? Um, yeah, I think Disney's <laughs> version was better. Of this, um, their TV movie of the week. (laughs) Wow. Um, This just looks so terrible. Whoever they have acting as that AI guy is just get, like, lose him. Like, drop him immediately if you were his, like, person. Like, don't ever put him in anything else. Uh, terrible! I Absolutely am terrible. a manservant. Yeah. <laughs> <Dutch Brown>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, the second brown streak of the year. All right, completely. I'm going flatlined this week so far. Tony's going oh, flatlined so this week so far. Rob's well, going flatline this week so far. Spencer's the only one who had a pulse at the beginning, um, and he's gone downhill. So. Off. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty right. steadily. <laughs> so, uh, what is next, Tony? Well,
7: it's time to get down with the great pretender because it's been three years since WIT Studio captivated the world with the dizzying tricks and ingenious scenarios that emerged from the Great Pretender series. Now this all-new action-adventure film follows Dorothy, the self-proclaimed genius con artist who recruited the infamous Lawrence Theory to the life of crime. This time around, she has been defeated at her own game by the Shanghai... Longu Bang and is thought to be dead, but she soon reemerges in a small seaside village. Pursued by the underworld of Taipei, she heads to Kyoto. But what will she find waiting for her? Dot 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 question mark exclamation point. Dot, dot, dot. Music sounded straight out of Mario Kart. It's like a little like the little intro. That's what I kept thinking about. It's a Japanimation film with English dubbing. Um, the animation was nice. I have seen better Japanimation anime, um, like the style of it, but this was still wonderfully done. The story seems to be about a con man making friends or something along the lines. I mean, I'll never sit through it, but if you're a fan of Japanimation, this might be up your alley. Um, it starts, uh, unfortunately for me, 24 starts in the toilet bowl, touch brown. Oh, wow. <laughs> it just continues okay. to stay. Yeah. I, I, Cause I won't watch it.
5: All right.
2: So it's really nice to it, though. So I am not joking when I say that this feels like a combination of Ocean's Eleven and Cowboy Bebop. Also, what was up with those subtitles? So at first, it's like part in Japanese, part in English, and then the subtitles absolutely did not follow what they were actually saying, even in English. So it was very confusing for me. And for those very reasons, this feels so predictable that I am forced to give it a touch brown. Yes, exactly. Rob, what say you?
4: Um, Yeah, this is not a movie for me. I'm not, like, I like Japan animation and stuff and anime, but this just seemed like the same, like, I could have sworn I saw, like, the same characters. (laughs) that I've seen over and over again, especially that one guy with the really round head and the big eyes that took up, like, his whole face. I could have sworn I've seen him in other things. You have, Um, like every other (laughs) Japanese. Even though it's a cartoon, I swear I've seen uh, him in other things. One Punch Man, Pokemon, Um, (laughs) you name it, you've seen it. Um, And then I was very confused by, like, the story. Were they all, like, gathering around to do a con? Were they involved in it? I, I was very confused. I was not... It, it didn't make sense to me, so it's Dutch it Brown.
2: Okay, Spencer. Ooh.
3: Well, you said, you know, Ocean's Eleven meets uh, Cowboy Bebop like it's a bad thing, and I, that actually was exactly what I was thinking, And but I was thinking, like, that makes me want to see it more.
2: Well, I said I was not joking when I said oh, yeah. it feels like a combination. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. usually I make a that's a joke, but no, oh, yeah, yeah, it's but not a yeah, joke. No, it yeah, it, it, it feels yeah. feels like a combination of Ocean's Eleven and Cowboy Bebop.
3: Yeah, and I, and uh, that's part of the reason why I'm actually kind of interested in this. You know, uh,
2: it took me saying that. Oh, no, 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 because I thought the exact same thing. And like, oh. <laughs> Yeah no,
3: what, no, when when you said that, I'm like, jerk stole my line. No, I no, didn't. But, <laughs> <laughs> no we just had the same thought you know great minds and all that i guess I but yeah yeah but you know we may have the same thought but not the same opinion this one i would definitely if it was going to be coming out at one of the local theaters i would uh, i would go see this but because i'm cheap <laughs> we're gonna go so so again so-so. i'll go find the
2: matinee so <laughs> All right, which brings us to the 400-pound gorilla in the room this week, which is the beekeeper. But before we get into that, let's recap, Uh, shall we, (laughs) as they like to say. Uh, The night they came home, uh, Spencer gave it a so-so. Rob, Tony, and I gave it touch browns. Uh, I did it my way. Um, Spencer gave it a blah. Rob, Tony, and I gave it a touch brown. Tim, technologically integrated manservant, uh, is a big brown streak. Um, The great pretender. Spencer gave it a so-so. Rob, Tony, and I gave it a touch browns. I see a pattern here.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and it's not a good one. So, which brings us to the big 400-pound gorilla in the room this week, which is the beekeeper in a short synopsis oh, before going we into
3: the We have the hard break hitting right now.
2: Now. So, we'll so. get to that when we come back. So, don't go anywhere. More Puckled gloom radio show coming up right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom, a radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And we're going over movies with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews. You can catch all of Tony's reviews for 2024 on his Facebook page, Filippo's Horrible Reviews. And we are doing... And horrible, 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 and we are horrible. doing going through the movies that are coming out January eighth through January fourteenth. And uh, just to recap again real quickly before we get into the 400-pound gorilla in the room this week. Uh, First up was the night they came home. Um, Who's home, though? Because they didn't go back to their house. Uh, Spencer gave it a so-so. Tony, Rob, and I gave it a touch brown. I did it my way. Spencer gave it a blah. Tony, Rob, and I gave it a touch brown. Tim, technologically integrated manservant, uh, all of us gave it touch browns. The Great Pretender, Spencer gave it a so-so. Tony, Rob, and I gave it touch-browns. And now we're at the 400-pound gorilla in the room this week. The Beekeeper. And in The Beekeeper, one man's brutal campaign for vengeance takes on national stakes after he is revealed to be a former operative of a powerful and clandestine organization known as
4: Beekeepers...
2: Anyway, uh, well, we now know Jason Statham can count to three without using his fingers or stammering to find that next numeral. Just kidding. (laughs) I'm sure he's a very smart guy, and I don't want to get throat punched. However, I do question his acting ability. He's always playing the same character in what seems like everything... No, really, he does. I'd like to see a movie or even a video game, a side scroller of him just walking, playing the usual character he plays. And while he's walking, he's attacked by every movie villain he has ever had to face. <laughs> because basically, he is the same character in every Let's single see, movie.
3: What was the movie that he had to be, keep his adrenaline up and
2: oh, cranked,
3: crank? Yeah. yeah. So basically, that's that's crank right there. <laughs> and crank two and crank two
2: and crank you anyway and uh, <laughs> now that would be priceless but i digress the beekeeper is continuing 2024 string of super government retired agents with menial jobs who for some reason get back in the saddle without a sign of rust since this is the third or fourth one like it in two weeks it's going to be an automatic touchdown for me i don't care who's in it uh tony what say you
7: Oh, I pictured Nicolas Cage and the whole, not to believe, fine, <laughs> but instead of Jason Statham doing Jason Statham things, fights, guns, action, accent, charms. If you like Jason Statham and you've seen his films, well, this looks exactly like all the others. <laughs> so the action looks good. Um, and if you're into it, uh, it's, it's for you. For me. Yeah, I gotta give it a touch brown, man. It just, just seems unoriginal. Yeah. Oh, same
2: stuff. Throw in Death Race I in there too. Don't forget oh, Death yeah, Race. Yeah, same character. Yeah, yeah, you gotta have the car level. I like, I yeah.
7: like him, but it's legit the same. It's eh, come on, man.
2: Oh yeah, no. I'm flat with you, Jimmy, this week. I'm on the streak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we both are. We've we flat lined. All right, Spencer, what say these. you? <laughs> Not the TBs, not the yeah. TBs.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, uh, I, I I do agree that uh, Jason Statham does need to uh, expand his range a little bit. And I thought I had the
2: range of a Daisy Air rifle. <laughs> then we got him.
3: Yeah, but uh, yeah, but you know, you know, it, it's like you know, if a, a system is corrupt, he comes in to correct it. So so basically, what you're what, what he's saying is that if you have a problem if no one Yo, else to help solve it. and if you can find them <laughs> maybe you can hire the beekeeper you know it, it sounds like the a, he's he's supposed to be a one man A team and i much preferred the A team but, but uh, and i have to admit i kind of fell asleep before i actually got to go see the fourth expendables you know where he was playing the same character but with Sylvester stallone oh yeah
2: forget about that <laughs> series too
3: but uh I, I want to give this a chance but i will do so at home where i can fall asleep in peace if it sucks so blah
4: blah. Wow. Okay. Because I like Jason Statham. I want to give him a shot. But... Rob, what say you? Uh, yes, it's Jason Statham doing what Jason Statham does best <laughs> himself. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a Jason Statham movie. You know, there's going to be some quick, some good one liners. There's going to be somebody gets blown up. There's going to be some innovative way he punches somebody or shoves them into something unique. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's, it's a Jason Statham movie. It's, you go into it knowing it's a Jason Statham movie. I don't think it, if you go into it expecting like Oppenheimer, you're really sadly like disappointed. But, you know, if you go in knowing that it's a Jason Statham movie and you're completely suspended with your disbelief that, you know, he actually can play another character, it's going to be a great movie. Um, for me, I personally would not, probably not see this in the theaters um, just because I don't have the time. But, yeah, I'm going to probably end up watching it when it comes out on streaming. So, blah. Okay. And the 400-pound gorilla
2: lives up to its name as it gets two blahs, which is better than every movie this
4: week. Which is really sad. <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, to recap, the
2: beekeeper, the 400-pound gorilla, Spencer and Rob both gave it blaws. Tony and I both gave it touch browns. And so, yeah, the TVs, the TVs. Anyway, uh, so that is your movies that are coming out. Uh, next week, January 15th through the 21st, uh, we'll be talking and uh, being subjected to Cult Killers, Sunrise, mm. Founder's Day, Wanted man, not the Bon Jovi song plays, uh, and bring him to, bring him to me.
1: <laughs> bring him to me. Grr. Yeah.
2: So, oh, and Eric says, uh, oh, Jason Statham, throat punch a giant shark. And, uh, you know, Statham is back in the new transporter. And that uh, just adds fuel to my video game fire right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and he's walking, a giant shark pops up, punches it. <laughs> then he hops in a car. Does a little spy. Uh, um, it actually spy, probably
4: be a very popular game. Uh, spy Hunter. <laughs> oh, it'd be an
2: awesome game. Don't you think, Tony?
4: Oh, for sure.
2: <laughs> do, do.
5: Do, 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 do,
2: See, that's Jason, that's Jason Statham theme music right there. I got, that's all i got to say. Anyway, for
7: sure. I, I suddenly had Another good thing the... would be a uh, an RPG game called Statham. <laughs> uh, it's just Out. Yeah. He's got a build-up, and it's just, and no. like you said, with the villains. I totally thought of that when you were saying that, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>, got <gotta laughs> like to
5: level
2: up the like throat punch. Gun fun little, uh, a fun little RPG. <laughs> All right, if anybody gets inspired by this, I get 10%. As a- <laughs> no, he should do yeah.
4: like a Guns Mekimbo where it's a POV from J- like your Jason Statham. Like, oh. That's the next movie that he needs to do. Oh, yeah. Like Hardcore, like- <laughs> hardcore <laughs> Harvey. Uh, yeah. Or Henry or Harvey yeah, Henry.
2: Hardcore Henry. Yeah. Yeah. That movie was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually enjoyed that. It got well, weird. I mean,
4: but like, J- and, 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 can, could you imagine? Oh, wait. I get to kind of pretend I'm Jason Statham. I oh, would totally going yeah. to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, an, an RPG where you have to level up your throat punch. To eventually
3: be able
6: to take out the giant shark. <laughs>
2: now Eric wants to play Spy Hunter. Thank you, Tony, for uh, <laughs> chiming no, in with the music there. No, uh, no problem, buddy. No problem. <laughs> All right. Anything uh, big coming up as far as uh, uh, for, with your reviews for movies, television, or uh, concerts?
7: No, no. Nothing booked uh, anytime soon. I've got a lot of concerts this uh, 24 season, but nothing I think until May for concerts, so those will be wow. kind of dormant for a bit. Uh, movies will start uh, getting into the bigger ones. I think at the end of January, uh, February. I
2: know uh-huh. that I think what Dune two comes out in March or something like that.
7: Yeah, so we'll start getting some good ones. I know Ghostbusters, um, the yeah you know, Frozen, Frozen Kingdom Empire. comes out in March. I'm mean, I'm excited for that. I forgot about
5: that
1: uh,
7: one. But no, nothing going on. I've been trying to get through the what if. I'm Hmm. halfway through those. I I don't know if I like it as much as season one, but um, that's really all I've had going on. During the holidays, we're really busy with family and traveling, so I didn't.
2: Get much, I haven't uh,
7: seen anything a whole
2: lot. Well, that's fine. Um, but uh, so uh, you know what, uh, one you might want to check out, um, uh, Rob. I actually finished it. It was uh, is thirty coins. Yes. If you want to see bizarre, <laughs> watch watch Thirty Coins. It's in Spanish because it's a uh, HBO Spain, Europe, yeah. but uh, it's uh, okay. It's it's awesome. interesting. It's a different take on a lot of things, and it has to, uh, revolves around the thirty coins that uh, yeah. Yeah, you uh, said Judas got. It's kind of an got.
3: anthology sort- series, kind of thing. No, right? it's no. not an anthology. Okay. No.
2: Um, so it's uh, based off of the uh, thirty coins that Judas got and some kind of weird powers that they have. And the ending of season two is just absolutely bizarre. It's very
4: much reminiscent of like Guillermo del Toro, like creatures. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, okay. And 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 Hellraiser too. Yeah. (laughs) And um, it's just, it's very well acted, like superbly well acted. So Hellboy Um, meets Hellraiser. Interesting. But yeah, it's, it's, it's fabulous. It's, I love it. It's
2: different. Um, I, I was kind of disappointed that uh, that one cop guy got killed.
4: Oh, I know. I was like,
2: "What?" Of, I all, know. The, of all the people, you thought the guy with the the slow moving guy with the can would get chopped yep. up, but not him. Yeah. The nerd, <laughs> so that yeah. was kind of a shock death. It was
4: crazy that that whole episode they killed off like like a bunch of people. It was like, "Wait, him too? Wait, no, no!" <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: oh, the guy's face just peeled yep. off. That was interesting. <laughs>
4: Oh, this! I, I am going to have to get caught up on this. I think <laughs> it's it is crazy. Yeah. I mean, literally, like the second half of the, the second season takes place. Like half of the the season takes place in hell.
2: It does, huh? It's so, very yeah. interesting. So, but yeah, you should check it out if you're into interesting weird things like that. So, I mean, it was uh, it was well, different because not not been a lot. I mean, I, we got Echo.
5: That yes,
2: comes that's coming out. out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's about it. I heard that was uh, pretty good, but... Uh, I'm
4: disappointed they're releasing yeah. it all at once, though, because it's kind of like...
2: I kind of figured right. out would happened. They would get back to doing that. That's why I don't do the... Uh, when I do the TV shows, I don't do... Uh, that's the reason why because sometimes they're not, uh, they'll come out week by week. Sometimes it will be one a day. Sometimes you, well, they were doing all thing. of
4: theirs by week by week. And then this one, it's because they, it's because it's now part of their one offs instead of, instead of their continuity. So, hmm.
2: but still, it's like six episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, binge watched six hours of it. Woohoo. <laughs>
4: Yep, but there's be possibilities, because there is, Daredevil is going to be in it. Some are speculating, even Jessica Jones showing up. So, Well,
3: well yeah, Disney did uh, find, announce that the Netflix series do count in continuity. Yeah, now, so... Most, most everybody was assuming that anyway, but apparently Disney was the only people who weren't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, because, like, uh, there's uh, yeah,
4: also the good. shows that were on um, Prime that don't. Prime. Either. So... Prime. Well, isn't that just prime? <laughs>
2: All right, sir. We'll it's let you go prime. We'll get back to what you're you're doing in San Diego. And um
7: uh, Okay, fellas. Well I look forward to joining you next week and then hopefully we can break the old uh TV streak there.
2: Um maybe not. This is a uh, so far this Maybe not. There's nothing <laughs> called Pim next week. beep, boop. <laughs> You know T movie. In my eyes. Actually I had two <laughs> blahs last week. I'm surprised about that. I actually <laughs> gave <Night> Swim <laughs> a blah. And Bricklayer. Those uh, were the ones. So last week it was I would the... only.
4: <laughs> wow, you would rather see the
2: movie? I'd be you keeper. gave a brother a kid movie. Then you'd shock me. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it, I, that would shock you, You'd you
7: them love to a crappy animation. You,
2: you know, never know what'll happen this year. So but anyway. I know. Yeah, I so la- believe you. <laughs> so last week, these were the movies we had to. You know, so I'm glad you didn't have to join us last week. The Painter. Bricklayer, Roadkill, Mayhem, and Night Swim. Those were the uh, ones last week.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: instead of I a four, see 400 night pound gorilla. Swim, I saw a lot of
3: advertising for that.
7: But yeah, yeah, that was the 400 pound gorilla. sounds so bad. Really? Uh,
2: anything we're seeing on Netflix? Ooh. It depends on what you're into. If you're into the uh, Korean horror, um, then yes, Eric, uh, there's plenty on. Um, there is uh, a couple of different things. Let's so, see, there's the,
3: the train to Busan. That's on Netflix. Are you talking about movie or talking about TV oh,
2: shows? Oh,
4: nice.
3: like,
2: hey, I He's if, just saying anything worth watching oh, on anything Netflix. we're
4: seeing, Eric, obliterated. I'm telling you, eight hours of probably the funniest TV raunchiest show I've seen in the while, and yes, it's funny.
2: That's okay. great. Um, what was that one I was thinking of? Um, there was one uh, Korean, uh, one where it was set in an apartment building where people were turning into monsters. That was really interesting. I can A uh, home. Uh, Sweet Home, that's Sweet it. Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. saw so the first season of that. The second season is out now. I gotta watch that. So that that's worth seeing, in my opinion. Of course, um, Alice in Borderland was an interesting. Oh, that one. manga is
3: good. I gotta check out
2: the show. I've, heard,
7: I've, heard, of, I've heard of good things about
2: that. Um, yeah, the uh, the show was good, both seasons of it, and they set it up for a third, which will be interesting. When we'll see what happens with that, if that ever actually comes to pass. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's a couple of things out there. Oh, you're welcome, Eric. He says, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple of things <laughs> for you. Um, seen it, uh, Alice in Borderlands. Okay. Well then watch uh, sweet home. You'll like that. And there's another new one too. The Yaya or Yo-Yo something or other
4: uh-huh. that just came out. Uh, Yu-Yu Hakusho.
2: Yeah. That's on it's, Netflix it's a, too. Yeah, it's based off an old
4: anime. Yeah. Another one that I know I just added, it just came out Friday was The Brother's Son. The
2: brother's son. I heard mm-hmm. about that. I haven't seen anything on it though yet. So uh, that's another one I got to check out as well. Uh-huh. I'm
3: S- writing down all these so I don't forget them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's,
2: there's definitely
7: some good ones on there for sure. Some good suggestions.
3: Absolutely.
2: All right, sir. Well, it is almost time uh, that time uh, for our big interview. So uh, we will talk to you again next week. Uh, have a safe trip back to Colorado. It. Um, and uh, so and uh, you and I will be uh looking forward to football season next year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're both riding the let Let's
7: ride, yeah.
2: Yeah, so uh, the Broncos are out there, they're they to see you next year. No, and, and somehow the Jaguars yeah. managed to lose five out of six games to completely get out of the, having the AOC South Conference locked up and a playoff spot. And now they're going home. Oh
7: my gosh! Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. So so disappointing. But anyway,
7: that is a disappointing end. I mean, especially with the talent there, and uh, and uh, the way it was going in the beginning, it definitely fell apart. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, but yeah,
2: I'm not. Uh, do I sound surprised? Uh, <laughs> I mean, no. I got what I hoped for at the beginning of the season. They finished nine and eight. <laughs> so as long uh, as they finished nine and eight, I'm like, okay. Like,
7: we threw our season away. We uh, basically, you know, we were all like we need a new quarterback. And then we're like, maybe Russ is the answer. Nope, he's not. <laughs> I okay, could have told well, you that. Well, we just screwed ourselves. Oh, man. Now we're sitting at 12 is our draft pick, when we probably could have been top
2: five. But
5: yeah.
2: oh well, Not with the way some of those teams season. have been playing this year. I mean, Oof. the way the Cardinals and the uh, Rob. <laughs> but it's anyway it's time for that heartbreak, <laughs> sir uh top of the hour uh we will talk to you next right. week have a safe trip back to Bye. colorado Bye. and Bye. if you are listening and you missed any part of the show so far please check out the pop culture kaboom podcast it is available on your favorite podcast provider from 97 and now productions and more pop culture Kaboom radio show right after this Welcome back to the Pop Culture Boom radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And on the line with us right now is retired broadcaster and author and filmographer, uh, filmmaker, Mr. Bill Brown. And how are you, sir? (laughs)
1: I'm well, that's it. that's a long list
2: you it, had to read. There. It is, um, and, and and growing longer. I didn't go through all the book titles. There's 13 books so far that you've put out, if I have counted correctly. Uh, with number 14 on the way, called "The Child," uh, but the most recent right. one that you released is "After the End," which is out yes. now. Um, yes. And uh, so that's uh, just one of the many things that you're involved in. Uh, but let's get started with that. So you used to, you're an Emmy award-winning broadcaster. And uh, so how did you go from doing that to being an author?
1: Well, actually, that's kind of a fun story. Um, It began, the first book that I wrote was uh, Blood Mountain. And I had been to see the movie Jaws like four or five times. And I went home. And yes, I went home and I decided, well, if people are going to be afraid to swim, I can make them afraid to go into the forest. So I wrote it and patted myself on the back for finishing it, put it away. And then 40 years later, after I retired, um, I was looking around for something to do, and my wife found the manuscript, and she said, redo this.
5: <laughs>
1: and, you know, you get a smile out of your wife, you're happy, and that's what I did, and all of a sudden it became an obsession. And I I write like... Um, two to three hours a day now it's just uh, it's therapy it's uh it's a way to deal with uh, oncoming age shall we say <laughs> you know it just uh, it keeps your mind active and uh and i loved beginning with stories that all had uh, nevada hooks
2: Nevada hooks uh, you know I I'm, I'm kind of curious because uh, I noticed that a lot of your books you start off with um, r- the, the writing of them it kind of pertains to a real-life event that happened and then you kind of yeah. go into it and turn it into a supernatural thriller from there um, is that kind of like a Was that a deliberate uh, kind of correlation between the broadcasting of news that you used to do and then kind of incorporating that into your writing? Uh, Was that just kind of a natural occurrence?
1: Well, you know, I I think it's a little bit of both. Um, When we did Blood Mountain and rewrote Blood Mountain, that's based on the Lovelock Cave, which I'm I'm sure that uh, many people are familiar with. And the uh, Native American legends about that and the giant's bones that were found there that disappeared, but there are pictures, you know, and whatnot. And it was fun to write about that, but my early books all include people who are more or less marginalized, and they rise to the occasion, realizing that uh, they can contribute to the safety of all of us too. So yes, um, it's all born out of, of covering stories and, and seeing people who feel that, you know, we just don't have that much to offer when in fact they do. And as the writing progressed and we got into different stories, uh, I still try to keep that local hook going. And it's, um, and there are a couple of books. For instance, uh, the one before The Gate, which I finished uh, within the last six months, uh, takes place in Virginia City. And it, it features people that I know, uh, with their permission, of course. Of course. And, <laughs> you know, of course, yeah.
2: No names so, were changed to, per- to protect the innocent? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: not in this case, no. It was, uh, it was a ton of fun, to to write about uh, one of the most haunted towns in America, and to have people up there embrace it and enjoy it.
2: Uh, what was it? I'm um, I, I, yet to. I've talked about it before on the show with like um, a, a paranormal envy. I don't know if you remember that that show that was on uh, television for a while, a local uh, paranormal um, investigator show. Um, but they were on my show before, and I brought it up to them about the uh, uh water babies of pyramid lake and I really haven 't seen anything oh, yeah. like uh that pertains much to the mythology behind the the water babies um, and hopefully i 'm giving you a story idea
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that 's entirely possible thank you
2: <laughs> so um but uh, you do focus a lot on stuff that happens around Nevada, like you mentioned that the, yeah. uh, um, your blood mountain had to do with the uh Um, Lovelock caves and the mountain and giant Mm -hmm. bones that were found there. Um, But what about um, things like uh, the beasts or it waits, Um, Gabriel's horn, a walk in the twilight. Um, Are those also some way, uh, how are those tied in with Nevada?
1: Well, let's, let's go ahead and uh, we'll talk about the second one I did, which was, uh, if, if you will allow that the alien, and that was based on, uh, an actual incident that's in um, Project Blue Book. In the late 50s, a UFO came in over Oneida, New York, and then exploded over Nevada when it was being chased by jets, uh, military jets. But what if it didn't? So that entire book there begins in Nevada. Uh, the beast that you were asking about brings back the characters associated with Nevada, but they are um, fighting a new evil that is in Chicago. It's, it's called a uh, Special Forces Intervention Team, and it is uh, largely composed of uh, Native Americans and, and uh, former Green Beret and that sort of stuff who are sent into situations where no one has an answer. So, um, and then... You were talking about It Waits, Uh, that same team uh, heads down to uh, the Navajo Nation and is involved with uh, skinwalkers, of all things. Hmm. Um, So, you know, there are certain things that uh, Native Americans really don't like to talk about, and it took a lot of research, and I eventually got that together. But there's always a Nevada tie, even... Even with uh, Lightning, which is another book that uh, features a UNR professor who <laughs> yeah. is hit by lightning twice um, Very unlucky and professor. should be dead, but when he touches you now, he can see your past, your present, and part of your future. Hmm. And so he's drawn into a situation where there is an oncoming great evil, and he is enlisted to fight that. Oh. So there are, uh, there are clear Nevada connections after the end, the most recent one, which follows the gate. Um, four women are fighting their way across the country after the climate disaster that was set up in the ship. And, <clears throat> excuse me, they've got their kids. They realize that they alone may be um, helpful in reestablishing civilization, uh, but they're headed for a safe zone right outside of Truckee.
2: <laughs> outside oh. of Truckee. So, hmm.
1: you know, it's, uh, it's the kind of thing where I try to I try to work in a local connection into most of the things that I do, and um, it's, it's just writing about what you know.
2: Okay, I don't know how you about know about the end of the world, but okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, all you got to do, you know, my readers call, and they actually call me, and some of them write to me, uh, for instance, when I did The Ship, um, which is about the oncoming climate disaster, the possibility thereof. And uh, they said, will you stop writing about these things? They're happening now. <laughs> and I said, they're always happening. All you have to do is look at the news, you know, take a look at the data and think to the future. So, Yeah,
2: yeah people don't like doing that, though. They like happy no. endings. <laughs> So here's the synopsis for After the End. If you're interested in any of Bill Brown's books, you can go and visit www.billbrownnovels.com and check out all of his books that are there, every single one of them, uh, except for the latest After the End isn't up on there yet. yet.
1: Um, but here- I, was loading, I was loading that today, but there's a <laughs> problem with the site. Uh, so do it again tomorrow.
2: That probably has to do with that solar event that's been going on, the um, solar activity. There's another novel idea for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There are so many ideas out there. You know, people ask me, um, what do I have to do to write a book? And I said, the only thing you have to do is sit down and write. That's all you're going to do.
2: And so there is and, to it. Don't, and but yet yeah, that is know, the hardest just, part is to that is that there that is all there is to it
3: well yeah that that, that is but it is also it's so it's so simple but not easy
2: true All right so no. the synopsis for after the end less than a year after goes aboard a derelict ship floating in the Sargasso sea I'm mispronouncing that aren't I Sargasso Sargasso but
1: Sar- that's fine okay
2: uh, well Caribbean Caribbean.
1: There you go You're Uh, probably right, I'm wrong (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, uh, Warned of a pending global climate apocalypse It strikes Massive storms, raging fires, melting glaciers Bring the ocean currents to a standstill Coastlines disappear, governments collapse, and anarchy reigns supreme. Four women with five children begin a nightmarish drive across country to one of the only safe zones. They fight against all laws to protect the children and begin saving the Earth. Murderous scavengers, deadly storms, and wildly advanced AI make for a rousing adventure in the struggle to save mankind. And that is the synopsis for After the End. Um... And uh, so it sounds like a lot of your books, um, in one way or the other, kind of tie into each other. Um, have you ever thought about, like, releasing them as kind of like a book series or like the ship, uh, and after the end as kind of a set so that people can keep track of the storyline?
1: Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's in the works. Okay. Um, with, the, with the first ones uh, featuring that special government team, they're, they're all going to be grouped together. And um, this one, uh, which is, I think, if you if you read what I write, it's about good versus evil, and a lot of times, um, common people uh, take over the role of the hero and help save us all. So it's uh, it's a you know it's a fun way to do things, and it's a fun way for people to realize that they have more value sometimes than they give themselves
2: credit for. So. Awesome. And you can also pick up all of his books on Amazon as well. Um, so you've got another one in the works called The Child, which will be coming out <laughs> uh, soon. Um, any idea when that will be? I know that he's got that kind of move. I know, like, exactly. <laughs> it's, like, you can't, it's like you can't wait to talk about this one. Um, any idea when that one will be coming out?
1: It'll be coming out in the spring, and it's it's really funny because the idea for the book hit me before Christmas, <laughs> and not literally, um, right? It just <laughs> <laughs> and it to synopsize it it's um, it's the story of what may be a second miraculous birth. Uh, now, this child is growing at an exponential rate. At the end of three years, he's almost 30 years old. He's here with a message. And what the way we're structuring the book is, you will have to decide if he's divine or if he's an alien. All he will say is, I have a message, and it needs to be heard. <laughs>
2: um, are you human or are you alien? I have a message. But
1: <laughs> well, that's
2: not an answer. Uh, okay.
1: Well, I'll I'll tell you this much. Um the big time money evangelists with the mega churches and the jets will not like this book. Uh oh. Ruh Reggie. That sounds like okay. But
3: as a writer, sometimes being the ambiguous part is some being ambiguous is probably some of the more fun stuff to write.
2: That's true. Yeah. Um so Absolutely. Uh, With your books, because I tell you what, we've got about a minute left until we have to take a hard break. Um, Would you be able to stick around for another segment? Because we still got a lot more to talk about.
1: Oh, I would love to. Thank Uh, you.
2: Okay. And again, you can go and check out all of Bill Brown's books at www.billbrownnovels.com. He is also on the Facebook if you want to go and check out his personal page. Uh, Again, he is an Emmy Award-winning journalist and retired from that profession, has become a novelist, has over 13 books out, working on number 14, which will be out in the spring. And... He is also part of Lobos Coast Media, and we'll be talking about what that means and what the, they are doing as well, and uh, what are uh, 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 So, my first question um, going into this break to think about: Have okay. since uh, uh, Lobos Coast Media does a lot of kind of film production, um, has there been ideas tossed around about uh, translating some of your novels to um, film? and or a tv series so think about that and we'll get bill brown's answer when we get back so don't go anywhere more pop culture boom radio show with mr bill brown of lobos coast media and author of over 13 books his latest after the end which is available now on amazon.com go check it out and we'll be right back with more with bill brown so don't go anywhere Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. On the phone with us is retired Emmy award-winning broadcaster, author, and partner in Lobos Coast Media, Mr. Bill Brown. And when we uh, before we went on that break, sir, I posed a question. Um, your connection with Lobos Coast Media and the possibility of one of your novels, or any number of your novels, uh, being translated to film and or television series. And your thoughts on that, sir?
1: Well, actually, uh, the second novel, The Alien, which was... Um the one about the ufo blowing up over nevada but did it um i actually wrote a screenplay for that oh. so that is being polished and um hopefully will be submitted and we'll you know find out what's going on there again it, it involves um uh, uh, local people fictitious names but local people who feel that um uh, They're just at the end of their rope, and all of a sudden they're out there helping a good alien track down a bad alien. But the good alien is not too sure that Earth is worth saving. So during the course of the novel and the screenplay, he begins to become more human. So that screenplay is done. I've been told by several people that Blood Mountain, which is frankly if if you ever have the book, don't read it before you go to sleep. <laughs>
5: um,
1: and i've I've had several people write to me and say I should have listened to you. Um, but uh, several people said this this is a great possibility for a you know either a motion picture or a limited series. Um, Lobos Coast media, of course, um, I'm working with I believe a friend of yours, Steve Funk.
2: Actually, he's and, more a boss than a friend. Right. But. <laughs> but he's a friendly
1: boss. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll tell him that you said that. <laughs> he was.
2: Well, he's the program he's director yeah. here at KNBC, so I kind of have to do what he says.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's a great guy. Yes, he is. And we've known each other for many, many years. And I have... Uh,
2: you got to say it like Carl Sagan, I, though. Many, many years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, <laughs> Carl Sagan, okay. Uh, we. Uh, I have all this video equipment from when I was shooting on the coast and I was producing these hour-long scenic videos for people um, just so they could relax. And Steve and I were wondering what we could do with that. And so we love to shoot for nonprofit organizations, organizations. Um, which we give them, let's say, a hefty discount over what any other production house would do. And we've got we have all the the bells and whistles and the toys that we can work with. But uh, right now, this time of year, that has slowed down. We'll see what happens in spring. Um Steve has been very respectful of the fact that I'm doing so much writing. I'm a lousy marketer, but uh, you know, um, uh, he has, he's given me some space and, um, he's handling, well, he's your program director. He's handling the business for, uh, Lobos Coast Media. And when he needs me, he calls me.
2: Okay. Hey. So you're kind of the, uh, uh, directorial camera guy and he's the, uh, one setting up all the gigs.
1: Yeah, pretty much so. And he's always there. Um, you know, I have a bunch of remote stuff that, uh, he can use. And, um, we, uh, have another friend who was, uh, Steve Duvall, who was a shooter on, um, uh, the great race and, uh, many other shows. Uh, and he lives in this area and we're hoping to work with him. Um, he's been a friend for many, many years too. So, um, if a nonprofit needs us and gives us a call or gives, Steve, a call. We'll take a look at it. Tell them what we can do. But it's great to get out and help people that need it, and um, that's a luxury when you are retired. So,
2: yeah. Um, and with that being said, so you've written up the screenplay for it to be a series. Um, any chance of like bringing on people to have that you know kind of realized through a Lobos Coast? media production of any sort?
1: Um, you know, I haven't approached it that way. Uh, I wrote, uh, when I was writing the screenplay, and taking a look at the at the lead character, um, Jeremy Renner was the guy that I wrote the screenplay about. <laughs>
5: um,
1: his ability to act, um, you know, he's, he's such a marvelous talent.
5: Mm-hmm. So
1: I will have to figure out, Um, because he's so involved locally, Mm -hmm. at least get his advice, and that would be nice, and I would enjoy that. And he can tell me what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong. Um, Some other people have looked at it. Some indie producers have looked at it, but uh, the special effects and everything are above what they can do. So they all liked it. So, you know, it's uh, baby steps. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And unfortunately, with the film industry, things take forever sometimes to get actually oh, yeah. uh, anywhere. So. Um, all right. So we talked about that with Lobos Coast Media. Um, you, they did a lot of uh, filming on the coast uh, for mm-hmm. various things. Um, you're an ocean lover, I assume. Uh, by a, I'll, I'll give, you know, But uh, it's mostly on the West Coast, though. Have you been to the like, Caribbean or anything like that?
1: Well, I've, I, you know, I've I've uh, been on cruises down there. Uh, there's something magical about that stretch between uh, Carmel and San Simeon. Um, it's Rob's,
2: Rob's nodding his head yes in agreeance with you. <laughs> it's I, my favorite I personally haven't it's been not, there, like, so
4: that's that's the only place I ever go
1: to visit back when I go to California. Really? Yeah. See, for me, it's always Key West.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's it's magical. If if you drive this stretch, it is magical. There are many places to pull off and just watch the wonders of nature.
5: I'll have to so check that out sometime.
1: Uh, I'll be recutting those and and adding uh, music packages to them, oh. and eventually we'll be streaming those. Under Lobos Coast Media. It's already showing in a couple of dentist offices around the house. Cool. In particular, mine, they won't take it down, so when I'm in there, I'm totally relaxed. But that's
2: great. <laughs> well, uh, it gives the people a reason now to go see their local dentist. I, that's, <laughs> 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 it's not for the dentist's reason, it's to watch what's on TV. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, I'm kind of curious. Uh, with all the novels that you have out, do you do any kind of um, uh, in in stores or any kind of like uh, conventions or any kind of uh, signings anywhere?
1: Oh yeah, we do signings. Um, uh, we just finished one before Christmas over at uh, RPM Reno Public Market, and uh, it was enormously successful. We did. Uh, we're planning another one with them for Art Town. We did our first with them for Art Town. So that'll be in July. Um, and another good friend of mine um, has some ideas, and I think he's been on your show, Stephen Provost.
2: Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Twice, actually, yeah, he's been on the show so
1: far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Just, just a great couple. Just a delightful couple, and what a talented writer they both are. So... You know, we're uh, discussing the possibility of getting other authors involved and staging various signing events around town. And, you know, it will depend on uh, – it's kind of a seasonal thing, really. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, after this you...
2: last weekend where we, well, we got like a couple inches of snow here uh, down in the valley, yeah. uh, currently yeah. right now it's 14 degrees outside, but it's clear. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, that that is definitely seasonal. So, so you know, <laughs>
1: uh, it's
2: 14 down there. Yeah, it's 14 degrees.
1: No, uh, it's 23 up here.
2: Oh, where yeah, are you at? So, well, that's what my um, laptop
1: says anyway. Well, at hmm.
3: least it's still on the positive side of things. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. actually,
2: it's funny because um, I, I have a uh, down in LA, um, the guy who. Uh, Uh, usually the engineer and producer of, uh, when I go down to LA to record one time I was on the phone with him and it was up here and it was, it was about the same temperature here. And he's like teeth chattering and freezing and whatever. I'm like, what's the matter with you? He's like, it's cold. I'm like thinking he's in LA. I'm like, what's the temperature? He's like 12. I went celsius because you're in la <laughs> what do you mean it's 12 it's like no he called me some names i can't say on the radio <laughs> and then <laughs> and proceeded to tell me he was in nebraska and i'm like what are you doing there you're supposed to be in la so <laughs> uh you know i
1: spent uh, i spent a year in la um, my wife is a nurse she was working at um, cedar sinai so we lived on Wilshire Boulevard, uh, right across from the Screen Actors Guild building and everything. We loved it there. The problem was, if you wanted to go to the beach, which was three miles away, it took you an hour to get there. Yeah. So, oh. you know, it was one of those things where home just sounded better and we came back <laughs> home.
2: Home sounded better and be able to uh, get someplace in less than an hour. That's only uh, five miles away. Uh, it was always a good thing too. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> That's when I when I moved here from the Bay Area. That was the first thing I said. Uh, you know, it was like, uh, you know, it took you like an hour to get like five miles down the road on a one hundred and one or wherever in the in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I moved here, and the people like, yeah, I got to drive down from
4: Tahoe. I'm like, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> what's uh, the when problem? You radio, they're like, I came all the way from Sparks. Okay, yeah. it took you five minutes. I'm
2: very confused. Yeah, so it was very confusing. So, you know, but, you know, the people from Tahoe are funny because back then, speaking of the Ponderosa yep. Ranch, I'm like, what are you, Hoss? You got to saddle up a horse to right? ride down to Carson City? You, you, I mean, come on. You, you, you just put your car in neutral. You can be down here from Lake Tahoe in 30 minutes. I mean, right? for pizza. Yeah, <laughs>
1: really. <laughs> so You know, I started in radio.
2: Really? No, I didn't
1: yeah i was there was a i forget the call letters for the station um it was up on the side of the hill opposite uh hug high school up there
3: oh uh k o z z uh, the old um the it O-Z-Z was in the opera? same building
1: it was in the same building it as the, okay Yeah, I was in the same building, and it was country and western, which I knew absolutely nothing about. But they (laughs) gave me the midnight till six shift, and uh, I was never really sure that uh, anybody was listening to me. (laughs) So one morning at 3 a.m., I slipped in some Jimi Hendrix Purple Haze.
5: And and you found out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was my very first bomb threat. (laughs)
2: <laughs> wow. wow. Okay. See, I, I, I couldn't imagine because uh, uh, those are there's only two forms of music I cannot tolerate, and that is reggae and country music, <laughs> and because both of them have the same meter, it's it's music for insomniacs, for, in, in my opinion. If I can't sleep, I'll put on country music, and that'll you know I can fall asleep to that. So I could not imagine doing a midnight to six a.m. country western station. <laughs> gig i would be yeah, was, asleep it, it within 10 haul. minutes yeah but i can't believe <laughs> there's somebody... not enough coffee in the world <laughs>
3: i can't believe somebody calling it a bomb threat at 3 a.m just because you play jimmy hendrix
2: oh and especially <laughs> well, country western country that, western
1: they take it very we're looking seriously at what uh 40 years ago 45 years ago somewhere in there and well <laughs> oh, that's when know, uh, that's when uh, we're just not heard of at that time
2: yeah and that's when they t- really took their country western seriously <laughs> it's not like uh, nowadays where it's rockin' country yeah, re- re- remind me <laughs> to Remember, never uh,
3: never pause uh, Slim Whitman without a warning again oh
2: or? yeah, no, promise me never to play Slim Whitman ever,
1: period put <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> in some Conway Twitty for ya
2: <laughs> no or yeah, that? but the
1: man could yodel I mean
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, him and the Swiss Miss can have a yodel off I <laughs> Ha! <laughs> Uh, Well we're talking with Bill Brown If you want to go and check out any of his novels It is BillBrownNovels.com If you want to go and check out Lobos Media uh, Lobos Coast Media They have their own website as well www.LobosCoastFilms.com All one word as of course You can go and also find Mr. Bill Brown On the Facebook Um, Just go and look up Bill Brown And look for the guy holding the camera Um, That's pretty much it (laughs) And uh, sir I do appreciate you coming on and talking about your novels. Um, After the End is your current one. Uh, the Child is coming out this spring. I uh, would love to have you on the in the spring uh, when that is available to talk about it in more detail.
1: Well, I want to thank you both very much for having me. Uh, it's been a great time, and I will look forward to that.
2: All right, sir. You have a good evening, and uh, thank you again for being part of the show.
1: Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, sir. You that Take care.
4: Good.
2: All right, so what do you guys think? Are you going to go check out Bill Brown's novels?
4: I was already looking them up. A lot of them are available for Kindle Unlimited.
2: So. Well, well, there you go. I guess we're going to know what Rob's going to be doing. Uh, well,
3: yeah, Kindles, Kindles, a beautiful thing. It, it saves me a lot of space on the bookshelves, and my mm-hmm. bookshelves are already overstuffed. Overstuffed.
4: So, it makes yeah. it easy too, if you, especially if you're not in thrilled with the novel. Yeah, like, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but, but these, these these sound interesting. Yeah. So and
3: I like you know like my next novel is gonna be gonna have a Nevada connection in it. This will be oh. my first, in fact, my first uh, short story, my first professional story that was ever published, was set in Reno. Oh,
2: yeah. oh okay. Well, that ought to be interesting. When are you gonna have that out?
3: Oh, uh, the, 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 the the um that should be hopefully hopefully later this year. I'm hoping to have the 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 the, the mange out uh, around Halloween. I'm hoping the main what. The mange is the name of the. Oh, novel. the
2: Mange. Uh, the, I thought the main main out. So I thought, no. what I? No, the, I'm, I'm the hoping mange. The, yeah, I'm, hoping, out. I'm Yeah, I'm okay. hoping
3: to have my next novel out around Halloween because it's a it's a horror novel. Yeah, so that just seems like a good proper time to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay,
2: uh, so you're gonna uh, have your thought, or how's the game going?
3: Oh, doing good. Just got working on uh, developing the single player mode and hopefully uh, at player mode and hopefully at Kaboom Kong we'll get some playtesting done
2: alright okay everybody it is time for that last break of the night still 20 minutes of show left still lots to talk about so don't go anywhere more Pop Culture Kaboom radio show coming up so don't go anywhere Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And uh, during the break, I was thinking about it. Um, you know, the, I brought up uh, the water babies of Pyramid Lake. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, you know, the stuff that uh, Mr. Brown is writing about with uh, the alien and uh, some of, you know, all of his interconnected novels that are have something to do with Nevada or Nevada uh, mythology or lore. mm mm-hmm. um, it's always interesting. You never really think about how much lore and mythology there is in your state until you hear somebody who's actually writing about it. Yeah. So it's really interesting.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, that went nowhere. Um, <laughs> no, no, it, it's just no, like, interesting
5: because you
3: know everything from ghost stories to tall tales and stuff or or something you don't really think about day to day. But when you hear about them, it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't realize that.
2: Yeah, like the uh, if you like go out um, east, east – uh, up Highway 50, or somewhere like Winnemucca, or somewhere like that. And they're like the uh, uh, some fossils or something like that. Or some,
4: well, you have Big Basin, uh, not uh, the State Park Big Basin, which is over near like Winnemucca area.
2: So, yeah, and then, and then there wasn't there like some dinosaur fossils or well, something like
4: Well, that's found where you know, the ichthyosaurus. yeah, you know, ichthyosaurus, mm-hmm. which is an um, ocean. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So it's hard to think of the high desert literally being at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. At at some point, you
4: know, millions of years ago. Well, my
2: dad. No, you got to say like Carl Sagan. millions and millions (laughs) millions of
4: years ago. (laughs) ago. My dad has always like looked for like local authors. Um, So like that's one of the things like whenever we look for presents for him, we always look for like local authors that have different different things like his new one of the ones that he's actually doing right now is um I can't remember her the name of the author but she writes a series of books about all of the different houses of ill repute so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> you mean uh, the brothels, <laughs> you know. Um and stuff like that but like how the women were actually empowered and stuff like that in them. So They were? Yeah. Okay. They were actually in control so <laughs> well Never mind. It's it's, it's interesting, you know. (laughs) Like to learn, you know, because well, because especially especially that's early times. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Especially,
2: you know what? I noticed something weird about uh, Virginia City. If you go to the uh, graveyard up there, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of graves up there that uh, were a lot of people, various ages. There wasn't a fire or there's nothing Mm -mm. about any kind of national natural disaster or anything, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people died on Halloween. Uh, like, I saw like 10 graves up there at least That had the uh, same year and uh, and date uh, All of October th- 31st hmm. For for people's deaths Which was kind of weird Came up with an interesting idea For a book myself out of that But anyway um, <laughs> I digress All right So Ravensburger uh, Revealed two new releases On the way for the popular Disney Villainous series As players will be getting One new expansion And a starter set First off, the expand alone in quotes is called Sugar and Spite, and will feature King Candy from Wreck It Ralph as the primary villain, as he also is represented in Shadow on the Scarlet Cover art. You, but if only, but it only comes with two villains as opposed to three, as there has been in the past. Meanwhile, the second release will be called introduction to evil,
5: evil. It features a
2: new streamlined gameplay system and comes with the video tutorials that will be available online sometime later this year.
5: Hmm.
2: This one was originally introduced as the Disney 100 edition in 2023 for the lucky few who own it. As this is designed to be part more welcoming for beginners, Disney villainous sugar and spite features King candy, from Disney's Wreck It Ralph and Scar Khan from Disney's The Jungle Book will, will become the franchise's newest expandalone when it debuts in June. Hey. A special edition of the game, featuring a candy bar themed packaging sleeve and exclusive finish on King Candy's mower, will be available exclusively at Target. In addition to the new expandalones, Ravensburger will also offer an Option for new players with Disney Villainous Introduction to Evil. First release in 2023 as a limited Disney 100 offering. The game will be available nationwide in August at mass retailers and hobby stores. Introduction to Evil has been refreshed with video resources and streamlined gameplay designed to be welcoming for beginners. Does it sound like I keep repeating myself? Because it seems yeah,
3: that's like definitely paid by the word for this article.
2: It includes <laughs> a lower price point and re and a refreshed box, and it reintroduces some of the franchise's first Disney villains: Maleficent, Captain Hook, Ursula. She wasn't one
4: of the first ones anyway. in, in the villainous games. She was. Oh, okay.
2: And Prince John, who is Prince John?
4: Uh, from Robin Hood, huh?
2: Oh, the. Really? Yes. Uh, the changes yeah. incorporate fan feedback and the Ravensburger team's learning from developing the game for over five years. Okay. So, with 2024 having now begun, Mickey Mouse. Has now entered the public domain, at least partially. The iconic Disney character's first appearance, Steamboat Willie, has been has seen its copyright expire, which means that creators around the globe can now begin using Mickey with their own creations, wasting no time whatsoever. One game developer has now capitalized on this situation by creating a horror game associated with Mickey, coming from de- coming from developer Nightmare Forge Games, a new horror title called title called Infestation 88 has been revealed. The game is pitched as a co-op horror experience where players will control an exterminator treating sinister infestations caused by twisted versions of classic characters and urban legends. Hmm. (laughs) One of those twisted characters that will be seen in the game is a deformed version of Mickey Mouse, who appears in garb that resembles his look in Steamboat Willie, Uh, generally speaking the game has quite a bit in common with winnie the pooh blood and honey which is a horror film that launched in 2023 following winnie the pooh entering the public domain currently infestation 88 doesn't have a specific launch date but it's planned to arrive at some point in 2024 exclusively on pc via steam when it does release it will also be coming about in early access at first Nightmare Forge Games says it then plans to have this early access phrase. Are you all right?
3: Oh, yeah, I just thought I dropped something and. I've only <laughs> my old
2: age. Okay. Uh, this early access phase run between, I thought mice were running around or something. Uh, <laughs> speaking oh, yeah, okay. of horror films.
3: Infestation 88, no! <laughs> uh,
2: early access at oh. time, for, uh, Nightmare Forge Games says it then plans to have their early access phase run between six months and a year, at which point Infestation 88 will be seen. will then see its 1.0 iteration oh iteration Go live! Go live!
3: It's, it's always interesting how, when something, at least of late, gets out of copyright, it immediately goes into horror. I, I know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, I, I'm, in, in the movies, I'm sure it's because, relatively speaking, of course, uh, horror movies are relatively cheap to produce, and you don't exactly have to set the uh, box office on fire to be profitable because no, of
5: you that. Just have to generally, just have to have a yeah. good
2: something. I mean, what's yeah, but- usually uh, good gore effects? Mm-hmm. For yeah. you know, if they're practical, if they're the more practical the better, in my opinion. Oh, but, I agree. Uh, yeah, uh, from
3: box office from big box office, you know, blockbusters to indie films, I think I think uh, that's the the way to go. Really, sometimes C- CG is a, a little too over relied on. I think these
2: days. Oh, speaking of that, mm-hmm. was the only thing that took me out of that whole thing was when at the mm-hmm. end there with the big fan. That looks so fake. <laughs> Talking about 30 coins again? Yeah, or? 30 coins. Okay. Uh, we knew you we were going through uh, the fan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That looked so fake. I was like, oh, really? Well, I, I see where their budget didn't go on this effect. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so horribly done. Anyway, uh, more Disney news. Disney Steamboat Willie already has a second horror movie parody in two days of 2024. Another horror movie featuring the public domain version of Mickey Mouse was announced uh, early, late earlier this week. Variety reports that Stephen LaMorte is directing a yet untitled horror comedy based on Steamboat Willie. The premise of the movie is the iconic Mouse Hunting Unsuspecting Ferry Passengers uh, production will roll in early 2024. LaMorte is not a stranger to public domain horror parodies. He directed The Mean One back in 2022, a take on the Grinch. Last year saw another of Disney's public domain characters, Winnie the Pooh, star in a horror movie. And this will probably not be the last time you see the iconic mouse in Grayscale this year. In fact, if we keep up at this rate, there will be 366 different Steamboat Willie par- parodies <laughs> by the time we call it quits on 2024. Steamboat Willie has brought joy to generations, but beneath that cheerful exterior lays a potential for pure unhinged terror, Lamorte wrote in the release. It's a project I've been dreaming of, and I can't wait to unleash this twisted take on this beloved character to the world. Now, this has been a major source of easy laughs on the Internet, but Disney has remained firm that there won't be any abuse of their other copyrights right. in these parodies. The company released a statement to be, a statement. By a spokesperson that argued that while Steamboat Willie and Plane Crazy are fair game, the later iterations of Mickey Mouse and all his friends are absolutely not.
4: Yeah,
5: yeah like,
2: the
4: gloves, the gloves stay off if you want to be able to use. It, Mickey. They are watching. Oh, because yeah, because one of the ones already had his video taken down for 24 hours, and then it was put back up. But um, yeah.
2: Hmm. Uh, so they're worse than Toho.
4: <laughs> yeah. But they, they, you know, like, you know, of course, because it's, it was, when they determined that it was Steamboat Willie's, then they were, then they released the ban on it. But, oh. but yeah, the, yeah, they'll, they'll they pounce are, at the slightest yep. hint that the, 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 the copyright. They always say, you know, Disney lawyers have the most money. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. And apparently it's way too much time on their hands. <laughs> Ever since Mickey Mouse's first appearance in the 1928 short film Steamboat Willie, people have associated the character with Disney's stories. Experiences and authentic products, the spokesperson began. What will not change when the copyright in the Steamboat Willie film expires, more modern versions of Mickey will remain unaffected by the expiration of the Steamboat Willie copyright, and Mickey will continue to play a leading role as a global ambassador for the Walt Disney Company in our storytelling, theme park attractions, and merchandise. They added, we will, of course, continue to protect our rights in the most modern versions of Mickey Mouse and other works that remain subject to copyright. We will work to safeguard against consumer confusion caused by unauthorized uses of Mickey and other oh. iconic characters. Even with that said, people are turning up in and ro- and rolls of to in rows to uh, make Steamboat Willie parodies. On Monday, Mickey Mouse Mickey's Mousetrap debuted trailer for a horror comedy star. Uh, comedy film starring the iconic mouse. The trailer features someone dressed up like Steamboat Willie attacking a victim and lurking menacingly inside of it. It's inside of Ed Musen, amusement park. Boy, this is a poorly written article. The whole project <laughs> is dancing on that line of parody. But as long as the mouse is grayscale and they don't mention Disney by name, there will be no repercussions yet. Yeah. THR talk of the to the film's director, Jamie Bailey, about the upcoming film project. Okay, good for them. <laughs> All right, let's get to some lists before we run out of time here if I can. Uh, let's start with uh games because there's only one. Uh, dungeons and Dragons role-playing game Dungeon Master's Screen Dungeon Kit. This kit equips the Dungeon Master with a screen and other tools that are perfect for running D&D adventure through dungeons, whether ruined ruined or thriving. The dungeon master screen features a painting of a fantastic Vista that plunges into the deep reaches of a mountain useful yeah. rules. References cover the screen's interior with an emphasis on dungeon delving. DM screen is specifically, specially designed for dungeon delving with tables for encountering monsters and exploring ruins and dungeons features 36 punch out dungeon G ge- geomorphs cards with pathway connection points Perfect for planning a dungeon during game preparation, or for coming up with a map in the middle of play. Customized double-sided dry erase sheet offers unlimited versatility for technical gameplay. Numbered screen, numbered grid for for sketching maps or placing random encounters or treasures to one side. Okay, yeah, I know we got two minutes, and the music game coming up for some reason. Very odd. Oh, there it is. <laughs> alright so this concludes our first show of the year a big thank you to our guest Bill, Bill Brown with all guests on Pop Culture Boom radio show Pop Culture Boom follows and or likes them on Facebook depending on what options are available so as they post news about their career and projects it is reposted to the Pop Culture Boom news feed so at the very least like and follow Pop Culture Kaboom on Facebook to keep up with all of the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show's guests. Next week, the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show will not only have for you the latest news, information, and releases from the seven Pillars of pop culture entertainment, we'll be talking with the co-founder of Dream Seeker Productions and executive film producer, Cotter Alvaremi. We'll be talking with Cotter Alvaremi about Dream Seeker Productions' past, current, and future film projects, as well as what Cotter Alvaremi looks for in scripts as an executive film producer. Thank you all for tuning in tonight, and please continue supporting Pop Culture Kaboom by listening to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show live every Sunday night. And you can catch the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast produced by 97 and Now Productions on your favorite podcast platform and get not only in this episode but previous episodes and some bonus material while you're at it that will be added very soon also give a like and a follow to Pop Culture Kaboom on Facebook for everything you want everything you need from Pop Culture Entertainment Daily and subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom YouTube channel for video interviews from events we have and will be attending and stuff will be posted this year I promise on behalf of Quizmaster Scott from Sporkle Pub Quiz Samuel from Galaxy Theaters Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews and our guest Bill Brown KNBC Spencer Rob and I. Thank you for your continued support and for tuning in tonight. We will talk with you again right here live next Sunday, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific Time, 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern Time, anytime during the week on Facebook and via email. So until next Sunday, be safe, stay healthy,
5: and peace out, Wabbits.